I don't, okay I don't if care. You want me to. I just want to know. So I don't on accident. I don't care. Philmatic is turning the knobs, gang. <laughs> well, beloved dub dub, it's Philmatic time, Morty. It's freaking Philmatic time. Philmatic is the number one podcast that the socialists do not want you to know. NASA does not want you to listen to Philmatic. They're deceiving you. I was sent you. back in time to record an episode of Philmatic with Kana. I was sent back in time. I was sent back in time to record an episode of Filmatic with Kana. Wow. What great partnerships we've achieved here at Filmatic. You guys have just heard the voices of Rick and Morty. We're partnered with them. There's a new episode coming out tonight, actually. Um, Alex Jones, we're not partnered with him. That was purely satire. We do not associate with Alex Jones. The Terminator, the Terminator franchise, we got a sponsorship from them. Um, but we'll talk more about that. Anyway. Let's launch into our our, our guests here, uh, uh, Darian Negro. What's up? What's up? I got the shield back. Yes. Oh my god, it's beautiful. It's perfect. And and you can just pull that off anytime you want, right? Just yeah, I can do it right now. He really can pull I it off. You don't have to if you don't want to. Oh, he will. Okay, guys. So for our audio listeners, Darren's walking towards the shield on his wall. He's pulling it off the Captain America shield. He's presenting it to the camera. He's donned it. He's donned he's the donned shield. It. He's holding it right now. He's holding the shield for our audio listeners. And he's presenting it. Oh my god. Oh yeah. That's great. That's oh, great. great now he's... Holy Actually, shit. Now he's attacking. He's attacking. Darren's attacking! No. I'm gonna go put this back while Connor introduces himself. Yes, Connor Park. I'm Connor Park. Burnout over here. Uh, no, actually, oh. actually, uh, I have a little, little connection to uh, connection. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I yeah, was sent back in time to record an episode of Filmatic with Connor. Yeah, nah, he's my okay. guy. Him and my mom, uh, they're 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 kind of friends a little bit. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll wait till Darian gets back so he doesn't miss out on uh, the story because I know he was he was interested. I didn't tell him yet. Um, but yeah, Darian, did, so I was just telling Nabil that uh, my mom and Arnold Schwarzenegger are, uh, are, are friends, they're homies. They knew each other back in the day. <laughs> so my mom, my mom's a reporter. And, uh, you know, when he was the governor of California, my mom went out and did a, little, did a little interview action with him. Spent the day, you know, interviewing him and, and shit. That's sick. That's, so she, she met him once. She doesn't know him. She's... No, they're best friends. Okay. Well, um... NASA does not want you to listen to Filmatic. They're deceiving you. NASA does not want you to listen to Filmatic, guys. And the reason why is because today we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. Uh, I mean, it's that's, um So this is, uh, you know, <laughs> came out in uh, May, May 2022. And um, I know that I watched it when it came out in theaters. I think Connor did too. I did, yeah. Uh, Darian, you were a little late. You you just watched it recently, possibly yes. even today. I I watched it like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a rare thing where we watch the movie and then directly record a podcast, which I think is kind of a cool format because it's fresh on the mind. You know, we yeah, will not... objectively be smarter than anyone else when it comes to this movie. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll be except good. for the listeners um, that are listening to the movie and the podcast at the same exact time. True. We could do a little audio comment. I was thinking about, we should do an audio commentary on a movie. That'd be a that'd sick be, filmatic special. That'd be pretty funny, you know? You start the movie and you hit play on the filmatic episode at the same time. And we just talk over the movie. Uh, yeah. Anyway. 
So, Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So, we don't have to do this now, but I've got a, a couple of little fun trivia facts that I think I could, you know, I could propose as questions, and whoever gets closer or gets them correct gets a point on the filmatic trivia board question board points scorer. So you just came up with a game on your own? I did. you're implementing it into my podcast well, without we, no, prior it was permission? Kind of, we did it on the Breaking Bad podcast, too. I guess, kind of, all right, whatever. All right, so go ahead. Like, you're going to let Connor just one-way this through the... I mean, you know, it, it kills time, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. Hey, it's, not my podcast. Listen, <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, you know, the that's a bad example. That's not politically correct. Um, you know, not taking candy from a baby, but like, you know what I mean? Denying Con or something is like, you know, you get where I'm going with this? Like, like, yes. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Innocent. Shall inherit the earth. Yes, Meek shall inherit the rights exactly. to making the filmatic games. There we go. Go ahead. All right, so I got two, the dogs, gang. Eh, too late for that one. Uh, so how long has it been since Sam Raimi has directed a feature film? And bonus point, what film was that? I, Darren, do you want to go first? Because I think I know the film. Uh, yeah, the last feature film he directed was Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> Which was, uh, I actually don't know how long ago it was, but I know it was less than a year. Nabil just said that was in May. I meant before this one. Well, I'll let Nabil go. I still okay. think well, I'm, I'm pretty I'll sure that the movie was Oz the Great and Powerful. That is, is the that movie. What year okay, now out? the year is going to be more difficult. With uh, James Franco? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that movie was goaded. To be fair, I've not seen it since then, but I would like to see it again. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, well, it had to be after Spider-Man 3, which was 2007, obviously. I think I would know if it, I'd have a much clearer memory of it if it was post, like, 2013. So I was going to say 2013. Okay. I, was, I'm gonna, I think it was a little bit before that, because I possibly remember being in elementary school. Um, but I don't know. I'm going to say 2011. Okay. So Nabil gets the point for Oz the Great and Powerful, but Darren gets the point for a year. It was 2013. No way, what? Yep. That's, that feels so much more recent for some reason than, like... I don't know, because, like, my head divides, like, elementary school and then Pineview. So it's, like... Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was in the prior, but it's hey, cool. I thought you had it, though. You were, like, no later than 2013. I was, like, oh, But, you know. All right, second question. Another two-parter. This is just, you know, uh, second of two. What other Sam Raimi film references Doctor Strange? And for bonus points, okay. what were the references? This is obvious. Darren, do you want to... Uh, in, in Spider-Man, they talk about the magician on Bleecker Street. It's actually not, not correct. Not, not true. What? In, okay, in Spider-Man... Is it in, in Spider-Man Spider 2? Is that what you want me to no, but that's not. Even, but that's still, that's not the reference. It is in Spider-Man 2. Wait, what happens is... When, they, they're, when they're picking out the names also. But that was my first yeah. reference, right? I thought there when were two they, references Connor asked. There are I don't two even references. Know. There are? Mm -hmm. yeah, oh, maybe Darren knows one that I don't. Is the first one incorrect, though? Is what I was. Oh, I don't to... know. I thought that. Yeah, was the first... not... yeah it's incorrect. Okay, I thought fine. there was only one reference for to be precise. Wait, hold I... on, Nabil. The the two references I just named are the same scene, because they're like, "What about Doctor Strange?" And then one of them is like, "Oh no, the guy in Bleecker Street already has that." Really? I thought he just says "taken." But it's taken. Oh, is the line specific? Yeah, I thought that Hoffman. What am was I like... thinking of then? You're thinking of like Avengers, right? Isn't there 
Maybe just, I am. God damn, that's I know, I think Civil War. No, I think that's like Infinity War. Or something like that. That's late. Like... Anyway. Well, I'm yeah, yeah that is the one reference when they were uh, they were talking about names for Naming Dr. Dr. Octavius. Yep, yeah. J. Jonah Jameson. And what Will is... Hoffman. The yeah. other one isn't a spoken thing. It's like a, a shot thing. It's a, a shot? They don't show Dr. Strange. They no, don't no, show no, 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 no. So, I'll form. say, because it's, it's a little more niche. Joe's Pizza and the billboard showing Mary Jane, like, you know, the billboard for her show, yes. are both located on Bleecker Street. Is that a Doctor Strange reference, or is that just a, a street in New York? I mean, that's where the Sanctorum same, the same is. So. Alright, I think it's a little bit of a stretch, wherever this is coming from, but... Okay, um, I don't I don't mean to derail things, but if anyone could find out where that line is from, I can't figure it out. And I might have just created the line in my head. I don't know, dude. I was definitely thinking of the scene in Spider-Man 2 that you guys said, but I just could have sworn there was a line about Bleecker Street. Um. No, I, I'm now that I'm remembering. It, what? How did I? Okay, what? What's the line? Gosh. Oh, Bleecker Street. I got it. Bleecker Street magician gave away the stone. Uh, I'm using that site, Darren. Do you remember this site that, like, you can search the entire MCU for quotes? No, what? Uh, this is, I, I put in the, I'll put it in the chat. It's called searchmoviequotes.com slash MCUverse. That's really so I just cute. typed in street, and then I found Bleecker Street Magician give away the stone and Avengers 4 at 10 minutes and 49 seconds. <laughs> Here's some <laughs> trivia for you guys that I just came up with. Um, you can take this out of the podcast if you want. Across the entirety of the MCU, every movie, right? Okay. How many times is the the root word cock used? <laughs> the root word. C-O-C-K. Yes. You know, like there are words that are comprised of cock and other letters. But root meaning of cocky, cockpit. Oh, yeah, cockpit I didn't think of for some reason. Um, 46 is my new answer. Cocktail. That's another one. I'm going to say 30. There's actually only four. Yeah, that makes more sense. (laughs) Cocktail, cockpit. They say the word cockpit in Captain Marvel. Ant-Man says cocky. Spider-Man, they say cockpit. And Avengers, they say cocktail. Okay. That is actually a little interesting. That is interesting. Well, Avengers um, 2, actually. Interesting. Yeah. I assume that's during like the party scene or something like that. You'd think the line is actually, I think, from Iron Man. I can't. I, I can't. Makes check. sense. Have you been juicing? Maybe a little vibranium cocktail. <laughs> Too ultra. That's interesting. Huh. Well. Well. Um. The more you know. The more you know. Well, that was our little uh, trivia section for you guys. Um. But I guess going back to Doctor Strange, we can talk about. You know the origin of the movie. You know, um, obviously, uh, the original Doctor Strange was released in. I'm going to tell you 2016. Uh, you know, it was directed by Scott Derrickson, and uh, I mean, we could talk about our thoughts on that in a second. But just to give the context for this movie, um, you know, originally after the uh, first movie came out, Scott Derrickson. 
obviously was planning a sequel in late 2016. He signed and returned as director in 2018. Um, however, in 2020, he stepped down due to creative differences with Marvel. And it was at that point that Sam Raimi was hired to kind of restart the project and rewrite it. Um, and then, of course, it was filmed during the pandemic. There were a lot of reshoots. There was a lot of delays because of it. And then, I, of course, it came out in May of this year. Yeah, it was originally supposed to come out before No Way Home. That's true. Because it true. comes before No Way Home in the timeline of events, right? Well, no, not now, because... Did they, like, around. alter the cinematic timeline then? Well, I mean, like, I think when they were planning it, it was supposed to be before No Way Home. So implicitly didn't, you know, mention any of that. But now, if you remember in the movie, the beginning, they mentioned that the last time they worked with the multiverse, it involved Spider-Man. And they have a gotcha, little joke yeah. about that. Yeah, so... Also, America Chavez was originally supposed to appear and debut in Spider-Man No Way Home. If you look this up, there's concept art of it. But she was like a major plot point in No Way Home. It was the original way that the multiverse stuff happened. Um, which is pretty interesting, I think. Um, I guess we can talk about really quick the first Doctor Strange movie uh, and what your guys' thoughts were on that and the tone of it. Um, I think that'll kind of lend to our discussion of the newest one and how that may have changed and not changed. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I've got to say for me, it's been a while since I've seen the first one, so I don't remember a ton about it. Okay. But I would, okay, I'll probably do it. Um, when I was watching this movie, okay, I don't know. There's a couple different levels I could take it, but when I was watching the new Doctor Strange, I noticed that uh, a lot of the, like, fighting styles and spells that everyone is casting are very distinctly different obviously yeah. you still have the classic like orange like shield and portal and yeah. stuff like that but there's a lot more conjuring of like I agree. creatures which i think is cool and not that anyone cares at large but it's something that i thought was sick in the what if episode on dr strange where they were just like conjuring like different creatures and demons as a main source yeah. of his powers no that's definitely more like comics tier like being able to just like shoot snakes out of his fucking hands and shit like that and i also thought that was <clears throat> really cool um and i like that they expanded that it was cool to see more than just shooting orange orbs tier uh you know um yeah it also felt to me like there was a lot less focus on the like uh certain visual effects styles that I did like about Doctor Strange. I would say ones that were honestly kind of still present in No Way Home, where it's like very like geometrical, like reality shifting type stuff. Yeah. There was like a little bit of that when they're in, the beginning. in between universes. And yeah, like at the beginning, but I think even when they're traveling through all the different multiverses, it feels like very distinct stylistically. It still has that like, this is like crazy type vibe to all the special effects throughout the movie. I mean, there's a ton mm -hmm. of really cool ones that I honestly think I like more. Yeah. Than it, I would say basically my summation of the thoughts there is like the, the special effects definitely feel like more comic-y and like cool in this movie. Whereas they visually were cool before, but it kind of felt like more 
grounded and dry. And I would say that applies to the overall feeling of this Doctor Strange movie. So it feels less grounded, but in like a good way. Yeah. It's very busy. It's very, you know, um, I mean, yeah, like in the beginning, there was a lot I noticed in that first fight uh, with, I guess, technically Gargantos, but the, the big squid with the one eye. Um, uh, you know, when he pulls apart the bus and it like kind of gets like you, like you said, kind of geometric cool. and like yeah. empties it sort of thing. And then he puts it back together. I like, I liked all that. And um, yeah, no, I agree. I think that you know, this is definitely my favorite strange movie in a lot of ways, but definitely one of them is uh, the magic. Um, yeah. I think they also just like fundamentally in the first Dr. Strange movie are approaching Maybe just by, you know, the nature of the plot, but they approach like the action scenes and the fight scenes very differently. And I don't necessarily think it's like bad. Um, I liked the first Doctor Strange movie like a decent bit. I think I liked this one more. Yeah. Uh, but in the first one, I kind of get the vibe from like a lot of these fights where they're in like the mirror dimension. It feels like the Matrix. I don't actually know if they did any type of like wiring in that movie. But mm-hmm. it felt like inspired by that, where it's a lot of like hand to hand combat with like a little touch yeah. of magic thrown in. Whereas yeah. this felt more like, yes, it's leaning more into like CGI, but it's like very creative CGI. It's not just like lasers and like, you know. Yeah, yeah no, this is, yeah. I mean, but you, I mean, also you have this, the fight with him and the alternate Mordo that was straight up hand to hand, which I thought was really cool and fun. And it's cool that he was able to show that he could do that too. Um, but yeah, no. And there were, you know, in the end, like, there was a decent mix, but this is definitely a, uh, from the writer's perspective, and I'm sure Sam Raimi's perspective, like, they wanted to do Doctor Strange the way that the comics have done him. Um, you know, not to sound like overbearing or whatever, but I think that really is the truth and it shows. I feel like this um, might sound weird, but I feel like this Doctor Strange feels more sci-fi than the first one. Yeah, definitely. Sense. Sci-fi, like, I think a, a word is mystic, you know? I mean, which makes sense, obviously. But, like, yeah, there's a lot more, like, I mean, God, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to it. But, like, that end, the last third of the movie, where he's, you know, the undead alternate version of himself that all was insane um and very mystical for sure i think the first one definitely took more like drama like action drama influences or this one like mo- it had a lot of like very very clear horror and like yeah, it's, like horror influences and like some of the makeup and some of the fight scenes involving the scarlet witch like it was very differently inspired and therefore led itself to a lot of different visual aspects and pieces around it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. I agree. I feel yeah. like, I feel like, um, I kind of like before the movie even came out, heard about the, you know, supposedly like horror aspect to it and was like skeptical. And also at the same time, despite being skeptical, kind of expected something different than what this was and what I heard it was going to be after it released. But I don't think that's, like, a bad thing. Um, I feel like saying the word horror makes people, like, immediately, okay, this doesn't feel like a horror movie. This doesn't actually feel, like, effectively horror. Right. But I think what the way you said it, Connor, is an important distinction because it's, like, just, like, the, the makeup, the concept, a lot of the shots when he's 
you know, conjuring this dead body, you know, and dreamwalking yeah. through it. All that stuff felt very horror. Not necessarily like it's trying to be scary, but it's like no, yeah, it's like I don't know the, the, the music they played also yeah. during that part. It was just like it felt like classic like yeah. zombies, like night yeah. of the week. No, yeah, it's not meant to scare people. It's it's like like a horror movie is, or some horror movies are. I guess I'm not gonna like typecast horror movies, but like. I think it was just meant to be like, okay, this is fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. like using horror elements for making something that's really exciting and fun and cool. Yeah, um, it's not like scary, but it's dark. Like, yeah, exactly. Visually, and definitely, least. and definitely, in terms of dark and horror and all of that, the the most extreme the MCU has ever done. Oh yeah, yeah. Easily. And yeah, I said this specific, like in this, I said commented on this specific scene while we were watching, but when. Uh, Scarlet Witch is chasing America and Doctor Strange and the what's her name? The America, Christine. Christine, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Doctor Strange, America, yeah. and Christine down the hallway, and they keep closing the doors, and she keeps blasting through them. Like that scene felt very like it wasn't scary. Even like the jump scare piece at the end, none of it was really scary. Or even made you jump because it felt very no, like, but it like sets the mood. Cool. But yeah, it set yeah. the mood and like is darker, and it, you could also tell like where it was getting its influence and inspiration from was like horror movies because just with like the makeup and like the side of her face and the lighting of all the scenes and just like the like intensity of it, and also just the use of a jump scare style thing. Like it was very much like it felt like a nod more than like an actual thing that was meant to be scary. And I also yeah. just want to say I do remember you making that comment. Um, I myself didn't respond because I was had my microphone muted, but. Uh, I know you haven't rewatched the whole movie recently, so not in like a you don't know way, just kind of a refresher. Um, there's also a scene earlier on that I would say is a chase scene when they are in the sanctum and it's being attacked and they're trying to hide from her with the reflections. I oh think yeah, 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 yeah. Even more explicitly feels horror, but like I agree with you. I think that scene is more of like an yeah, action like, horror, and then the one in the sanctum is like psychological. Yeah, like like there's there's not like physical like uh you know distance that they're covering, so they like approach it in a more traditionally, I guess, like horror way. You know, and also like, like yeah. the specific shot where she's climbing out of the mirror and is like snapping all her bones. Yeah, oh, kind of like place. the ring. So, yeah, yeah the ring. That's that. I was. I knew it was like, all, like a rip. I think it's something. definitely like an homage to that. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good visual. I really oh, like super yeah. sick visual. Yeah, that combined with the moment where you first see him, like we were discussing before, when she like stands off with him and then he shoots the snakes and then she also shoots her her sorcery at each other. I think that scene between that and her climbing through the mirrors. Also, right before that, when she gets trapped in the mirror dimension, like, she he, he tricks her and she's in there and it's, like, fucking spikes and shit. Um, I think that all was, like, the moment in the movie. I was like, okay, this is definitely gonna be something different when I first saw it. Um, also, um, I, I might be off here. You're gonna have to redirect me if I'm skipping further into the movie than that, but is this not around the same time that they do like the pinhole effect where like Doctor Strange is knocked out and then Scarlet like whole screen goes black around his face? Oh, and that's around hers. That's when he that meets way? Mordo and Mordo like drugs him. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm we gonna... should. That's actually no. That, no, that's a good thing to bring up though because I saw some discussion. Uh, you know, it's fucking Twitter. So 
you know, take it as you will. But like, it it does raise a little interesting. Like, I saw some people talking about those effects that Sam Raimi used, like the pinhole effect. Um, right before that, when Mordo's describing to Doctor Strange what dream walking is, there's like these cool, like cross layered, like blurred effects, um, or at least I think they're cool. But like, you know, some people were like, "Well, it's like, a str- like this, this is so like cheesy, and it's like straight out of a, you know, early two thousand superhero movie." Like people who disliked it. But I mean, personally, like I thought it was really cool. And when you say the the overlaid blur effect, just to clarify, there it was when they were doing like you could see Scarlet Witch like dream walking, overlaid with the shot of him explaining it and Doctor Strange reacting. Yeah, well, it starts with him like explaining it, and then you see her, and then you see Doctor Strange reacting, then you see like the books and the candles, then it's back to her. So it's yeah, like kind like of like back that. and forth. Yeah. The other effect, and this might just be the only other one that's kind of like very outwardly weird that I wanted to make sure you weren't talking about was just the way the screen warps when they realize that they're drugged. Yeah, true. It's like, it feels like a, um, I don't know how to put this. It seems like a simpler effect than they could have gone with. I feel like they could have gone with some more like, fluid subtle like oh like blurred vision yeah but i don't know i think the like green tint uh and just like i don't know what you call that effect but it's like they basically just like like if you went into photoshop and just like warped the image yeah i no, like I the simplicity of that and yeah. like the i don't know i feel like it fit the vibe well all of the effects but and, yeah. I, and I feel like it looking like an early 2000s superhero movie isn't a bad thing at all. Like, that's what Sam Raimi did. You know, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3 were all within the 2000s. Like, that's his era. And, like, those are my personally three of my favorite yeah. superhero I think movies. at this point, most... I know a lot of people, I think myself mostly included, where it's, like, kind of realizing that those early 2000s movies, even though they had their flaws, were much more substantial than uh, a lot of things that are coming out. Today. Yeah, because like something I was thinking about recently was like the Spider-Man movies, and like it, 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 I think it comes across more in this movie than other super, like Marvel movies around this like the era we're in now. But like you know the original Spider-Man movies, like they had like you know the plot going on and the superhero things and the villains, but they also had like a very clear and relatable theme of like you know whether it be like believing in yourself or like trusting the people around you or just like you know like the things like that. Like it had a very clear like theme and motif and like a struggle that the character was working through to like you know get to the end and like in the resolution you see them work through some sort of personal issue and i think that yeah. was seen in this movie like while it was about dr strange i and like it, it did tie into the you know the era where it now felt like that it also had that sort of you know motif aspect to it with america's character which i thought was really cool it was like a little more subtle yeah. but it was still like it was still there yeah yeah i think uh i just want to say I also noticed that, and I think two things. One, they did a good job, like, developing the thematics in terms of, like, a multiverse movie. Uh, I was kind of thinking, like, this might be the easiest thematic to tie into a multiverse movie, but they focused on it well and developed it well. And I think that's also, like, I don't think it's that no superhero movie uh, past a certain point in history or past a certain point in the MCU doesn't have a clear, or doesn't have a theme that is the point of the movie i think it's just not always clear because it gets kind of like backseated for plot yeah or believable um, because of that yeah that's yeah that's the comment i was gonna make like it definitely like, seems like the focus of the newer ones is like progress overall like overarching cinematic universe plot 
introduce new characters. It's not about, I don't yeah. know, like, it seems like well, less like about the individual. Even story. when they try to, like, you take a, in my, okay, my personal opinion, like a bad example of it, like, okay, so you take Iron Man's arc, right? Now, some people like it, some people don't. In my opinion, post, like, Iron Man 3, I feel like, uh, I don't feel like his death was really that earned of the reaction that it elicited from people like i feel like from civil war onwards especially like they tried to do this thing where in infinity war and endgame they're like kind of bringing it up like well wait like iron man he was a bad guy and he not a bad guy but like you know he became a better person and so his death is warranted and it should make you feel all these things which you know it isn't like you know zero percent like terrible terrible but like Personally, I didn't really like buy that much because I feel like they kind of dropped off after Iron Man 3. And I feel like Civil War, you know, they tried to do this thing. Uh, and I have a lot of problems with Civil War specifically, but like, you know, they tried to do the thing with the superhero act and like uh, the two ideologies clashing and whatever. But it felt like they never really like explained it beyond the surface level of like we disagree. So like st- stemming from the base of that, I never really bought into the whole Iron Man arc thing. Right. And you take, you know, which I feel like, especially across multiple movies, should be super strong. Whereas you take this movie, you know, you take what Sam Raimi does so well and from the Spider-Man movies, which is like, introduce a world of emotion. Introduce the the other side of being a superhero. You know, and like, you, you know, so I've seen some people argue like, you know, like, oh, this, you know, Christine is back and like, uh, we haven't seen her in years. And like, why should we like buy into his love for her? And, like, I kind of, I like, I sort of understand it. Like, okay, like, you know, uh, she was in Doctor Strange 1 and the Doctor Strange was in five movies and she obviously wasn't in it because he was a side character. But, like, I think it's pretty good. And I feel like his whole arc with her about, uh, I feel like at, at the end of this movie when he says, like, you know, I, like, I love you in every universe. Like, I personally, in the moment of the movie, bought into that. No, you know? I, 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 yeah. That was a very like, good. Like it felt like very earned, and not even just earned, but it felt like very well timed. Like yeah. it actually felt Im- impactful. Right, exactly. Whereas in another movie, it would just kind of be like, "Oh, they're doing this thing. It's forced." Like whatever. Yeah, exactly. And and that's in like most other movies, MCU, DC, whatever. Like end of the movie, the superhero is with the love interest, and he's like, "I love you forever," and then grapples away or whatever. Like fucking batman whatever you know like you don't really buy it but like this somehow bought it through you know the constant theme in the movie of you know are you happy you know i thought i like that a lot and i think there was a lot in this movie that like us personally i know in our discussions could relate to in some ways but like you know maybe that's why i feel like stronger about it but i think uh um it felt it felt more real than any movie, any superhero movie I'd seen in a long time. Not just the love interest, but just the emotion behind it. Um, especially for and there's the more MCU. to that. Yeah, yeah so, especially for the MCU. Yeah, two things. First, off, to comment on what you said about Iron Man, I definitely agree in like the like drop off after three. Because if you look at the like you know the well, we know you love Iron Man three. We've seen your strong gecko. Well, no, so let's look like you know, the end of Iron Man three. Like you know you you see the struggle throughout the whole story. You see like his relationship with Pepper Potts. Pepper, Piper, Pepper, right? Piper, Potts. Pepper, <laughs> Pepper. <laughs> Jesus. Um, you know, like you see the relationship there, and and his relationship with himself and the Iron Man suits, and his like 
struggling with, you know, yeah. like the aftermath the of the Avengers movie and like, yeah. you know, just all the mental struggles he's going through and like just like drowning himself and his time just making suit after suit after suit after suit and they do like look different. They do like slightly different things, but like it's not for the purpose of making anything. It's like the purpose is to distract himself and you see him at the end of that, like come to terms with everything that's happened and like save Pepper and like realize like what's important and what actually like you know is meaningful to him and he blows up all the suits and like gets the heart surgery he's been like just putting off and not getting because of the arc director like to like to profess her love to her and like that's a really big earned scene i think and then in like, two years later ultron. yeah i was gonna say two years later avengers Age of ultron happens and he has all the suits <laughs> back and he makes ultron he's um, like I'll get the suits back and like step in the office. Which, which I'm not arc. trying to say. Yeah. I'm not trying to say like it would be cool to like if they were like a theme of failure was shown like like he failed himself like he made these suits again he made but like they never addressed that in that movie in any movie afterwards like you know what I mean like I think I I think this might be a good okay I want to say something really quick about I'll tie it together about something okay. you said earlier I'm gonna tie to this. I think mm-hmm. the thing is, they try to present that theme of failure in a bill. I feel like they're they're laying the groundwork for yes. it. As yeah. much as I hate the movie, they set it up at the beginning. They're, everyone is like, Tony, what the fuck are you doing? Like, this is yeah. a bad idea. And he does it anyways. But then I feel like by the end of it, it's like they didn't pull that line through. Yeah. Or if they did, it was like, you know, minuscule amount compared to the beginning. And I think like something specifically about this movie is uh you brought up the fact that like christine hasn't been in any of the shit that dr strange been, has been involved in we only got like one movie why should we care i think they like at the beginning set up the groundwork as like it's not necessarily about their relationship it's about him feeling like i messed up slash what could have happened right yeah. and then one They've they've created a good theme that works well with the concept of the multiverse. It's a perfect could have uh, groundwork, but also yeah. they make sure to keep up with it because at every stage throughout the movie that Doctor Strange is in, in some form, he is confronted with, you know, like what causes him to act in a way, you know, that might have affected his relationship with Christine, or uh, realizes that like his concept of her um, might not actually be as malleable as he thinks in that beginning scene. Like, I don't know. They just, they carry all of these things through in a fluid manner Yeah. and they don't forget about it at any point. I feel like right. all the other MCU movies are really good at just simply forgetting what they started out with. Right. In favor of something. Like, yeah. In, yeah, in which, favor of the third act, like a big action sequence where they I fight the army. I want to say really quick, yeah. you commented about Civil War. Yeah. Uh, I feel like a big thing in that movie is the emotional payoff for Iron Man is not there because they present this, and again, I will agree with you, very poorly. They present the conflict of the movie as like a philosophical thing. Yeah. And then they try to like sprinkle emotion on top of it, like, Oh, it's philosophical, but also he talked to this mother who has like a dead yeah. son, and uh, oh, he's like coming to resolve. But then here's his parents being killed, and I feel like, especially juxtaposed with how much attention they give to Bucky and Cap, it feels so shallow. Yeah, right. I don't know. I just wanted to. Yeah, I feel no, like that's Civil War is frustrating because 
you know, specifically just to address that, like at the end of the movie, you get that like note that Tony, or that, sorry, that Steve leaves to Tony. And I feel like that had a lot of potential, like from a writing perspective, like I really wanted to like feel the emotion in that of like having this whole philosophical debate that left so much damage, both philosophically and physically in the movie, arguably. But it didn't have the, like that was supposed to be the payoff. That was supposed to be like, you know, I'm sorry, but I'll always be there for you. Like, well, that's supposed to be the moment in this movie where he's like, I love you in every universe. Exactly. That's supposed to be the, that. This is, this, yeah. Well. Yeah. No, just, I, I agree. I also think just separately, I find myself, I've watched Civil War like three times now, once very recently. I feel like it just feels by the end of the movie that while they try to present a conflict, there's like no world in which you think Iron Man could have ever been right. Not yet. Because yeah. he, the way he reacts to that note, and yeah. also like the entire emphasis of that note, I think is just like Cap is being a better, bigger person. Yeah. And it's kind of hard when they start the movie with Iron Man seemingly not being the bigger person. It's like, what is his development? Yeah. Like he's learned nothing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, I feel like instead of Captain America Civil War, they should have just made a movie that was like Marvel's Civil War. I mean, let alone the fucking fact that the Civil War in the comics took place over fucking so much longer of a time span. I than agree with this you. Was. I agree with you fully, but retrospectively, I feel like it kind of earns the, the preface of Captain America, the more I think right. about it. Yeah, in that way. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Which is interesting. Yeah, my comment... Another thing that I think this movie did well as far as like that goes is specifically... Well, like, you know, Scarlet Witch's development, her being, like, the... She just is, like, the antagonist of the... I, I don't want to say villain, but she's the antagonist of the film. But you still she see... She kills throughout. innocent people. Yeah. Right? I, guess she, I guess she's... I guess she's... <laughs> yeah. But still, like, you see her character development. And if you watch WandaVision, too, like, you can see more of that, like, leading up to this. But, like, even, even if this is a standard... You force yourself to sit through WandaVision. Yeah. Then you'll... I, I liked it. I thought the style was cool, but that's... I thought the style was movie. cool for the first two episodes, and then it was... <laughs> That's um, that's so, another conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but no, I thought like you know, I thought like the way they did the character, like they had like there wasn't a ton of build up because the build up was somewhere else. But like it was kind of like her like kind of explaining herself like oh I want my kids yada yada yada. But in the end, like really being able to see like that was her motivation, but she had lost it. And like in the scene where America like sends her to a universe where her kids are there, and she like attacks the other version of herself and like tries to like get the kids, and the kids are like scared of her. Because she is the, a monster, as she like self proclaims. Well, for clarity, it's the same universe that she just stole her bot, the other Wanda's body. Okay, from. that makes sense. I yeah. I didn't know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know they show her like flying away after she like releases her from control. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, like it shows, and then she's like, "Oh shit!" Like I have become something I don't want to be, and like I feel like that makes that end scene where she's like, you know, because like it, it, I think it one. It stays very true to her characters, like being incredibly powerful. Like, if I'm not wrong, she is objectively the strongest being in the MCU, right? At least up there. Well, um, with the Dark Hold, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. However, now Vision, I think sure. Vision was the only one who could stop her before, right, or something like that. I don't. I know, could Vision but... even physically stop her? Well, true. no, no, she yeah, objectively no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind. 
No, but like, yeah, no, she's just so powerful. So like, it wouldn't make sense for them to like somehow overpower her and beat her in the fight because that would just be like, oh, cool. So like, her power in this other stuff just like doesn't like, oh, she could be Captain Marvel. You yeah, know, it, it's Doctor Strange. Cool, and it makes sense that she's like an unstoppable force in the movie yeah. that they have and to like, run from. Yeah, and I think it's very earned that she like just gives up and fights her so instead of being like, oh, okay, this is fine. I guess I'm. I guess it's fine. I'm over it. Like they make the like her defeating herself. Yeah makes sense and very emotional like that's a scene like it really hits you how she's feeling and you understand like her thought process and what's going on yeah i yeah i mean i don't know how much you want to talk about wandavision i think i've had some problems with it but well i think a good way to tie it in the bill is what, i mean whether or not we do is how do you guys feel like this movie exemplifies their approach to Disney Plus shows. Like, I feel like I, mm-hmm. I, I could answer myself, but I'm just asking both of you guys, like, how do you think you would have felt if you didn't watch WandaVision and just went straight into this? And two, do you think that it's, like, good the way they handled it? I personally think that it was perfect. Because when I saw this in theaters, I hadn't seen WandaVision. I'd heard, okay. like, I'd heard some of the plot, like, you know, people have told me, like, some of the main points, like, oh, she made a city and had kids, and I was like, cool. So that's all I went into this movie knowing. And I don't feel like I lost much. Like, there was the, you know, there's the one scene, the first scene with Scarlet Witch, where they're talking in the apple orchard, and, like, they kind of mention what, what, like, happened in that, like, in passing, but it's not a super huge thing, and it's not, like, a necessary piece of information. Like, the movie still makes sense on its own. Sure, it makes a little more sense after having seen the show, like, understanding the motivation, but also by itself, like it's it works completely fine, which I think is perfect. I think Personally, having the show there and making sorry. it like you know making it yes tie in, and if you know the movie, you get an Easter egg, you get a little bit more information. Or so if you know the show, you get a little bit more information. But not having to watch it for the movie to make any sense. Right. Personally, I kind of disagree. Okay, so on one hand, I do I like that people who hadn't seen WandaVision were able to go in and get into it without having to worry about that and not wonder too much like having friends tell you whatever like or guessing it as implicated in the beginning of the movie but i don't think it should be that way like personally i don't know if it's just like like ocd brain tier but like the fact that if i hadn't watched wandavision and i had to i'd gone in and i would not have known what they were alluding to slash would have only have known if someone had explained it to me i feel like doesn't represent how personally i would have liked to make or consume a movie like i'm not a big fan of the disney like i don't know like it it makes sense if like daredevil shows up in a movie i feel like that because you're just like representing his character from the series and you can much more easily write and explain his character through writing in a movie than explaining like the events of an entire show because especially because the events of the entire show tie so directly to her fucking motives in this movie. Um, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, I, I obviously, I, Nabil and I both had seen WandaVision before this, yeah. so I can't say with actual certainty anything, but I am surprised, and it's good that you felt that way, Connor. I just personally, like, I was thinking about it while watching the movie, and I was like, dude, if I hadn't seen WandaVision, this would have yeah. bothered the fuck out of me. Yeah, it would have bothered me thinking about like what like what are they referencing and obviously yeah. if i'm watching the movie 99 percent chance i know oh shit i should have watched wandavision yeah 
which, which makes I, it a little bit like, worse. Granted, that is a thought that I had during the movie. I was like, oh, I do wish I'd seen this for a little bit more context. So, so here's what I... like... Sorry, Connor. Go That's ahead. all I was going to say. That was on. I, I propose this as a topic of discussion maybe shortly if you guys want to but i think i agree with you nabil that it shouldn't be like that however at this point it's going to be like that yeah that's so, the unfortunate part <laughs> the way that they address it though is a choice and i think it could be done a lot better because here's the yes. thing they present it in a way that's like this is context that you do or do not know because of one division like the way yeah. connor interpreted it that's how they approached it it worked for Connor, which is good. Yeah. Hopefully it worked for most people. However, I think a better way that they could do it is if they instead tried to like, you know, drop the necessary tidbits about, you know, like uh, whatever the name of this town is or, oh, like yeah. you don't have kids. What are you talking about? If they presented it as more of like a, a mystery within the movie, and yeah. I'm really focused on the word present because I know it wouldn't be for some people, but... I think that they could just, you know, instead of having a conversation very directly, like, oh, this happened, like, how do you feel? I think they could instead be like, oh, that thing, and then kind of allude to it. Because I think her motivations are clear by the end of the movie, whether or not you've seen yes. WandaVision. Yeah. However, at the beginning, they present it in this way that's like, we're confronting yeah. it super directly, head on with specific like words that you wouldn't even recognize. Like, yeah, the name yeah. of the place. Like, I did, yeah. like, I just, I assumed that that was the place that I had, like, and yeah. I, I had heard. It's just like, about, I, know, I didn't know. I know how, like, I may not fully be this week, but like, I know the general public, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on it from just from reading like social media and stuff like that and talking to people, obviously, and friends and stuff. I feel like, at the beginning of a movie, if something like that is unclear, it can have an unfortunate byproduct. I'm not saying it did, or maybe it didn't for most people, but I think it has a real potential of like already from the get go turning people off to the movie and taking them out of it. You know what I mean? I think and that's like, fair. It definitely does pull you out there for a second. It's like it's not the same thing, but it's like it, on a much smaller level. It's like seeing the sequel to a movie before seeing the first one. You know, seeing fucking Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets before the first one or we don't i don't know i can't think of a good example but you know what i mean um yeah i i feel like it does matter though because they're you know the people that aren't talking on social media are probably the people that aren't as invested in this shit like yeah. take someone like our friend evan for example yeah exactly uh, maybe you could say he's destined to hate the the movie <laughs> because he doesn't want to have to watch a disney plus show but I think if he starts the movie off and they're directly like throwing shit in your face, like, oh, yeah, this is the turn off. If you watched it, and if yeah. you didn't, it, it feels like you get like bonus points if you watch the Disney Plus show. Like, it's like in a video game, like, oh, I did this side quest, so like I understand this yeah. dialogue better. Like, oh, fun for me. <laughs> I think literally it might sound super nitpicky and weird, but like, I think if they just replaced the name of the town she created, which is funny, I can't even remember it. Westview. Uh, Westview, okay. Westview, yeah. Let's say instead they just reference, the, like if Doctor Strange was just like, oh, you know, this incident, uh, I'm not here to talk about that. I feel yeah. like it make it be like, oh shit, she did something wrong, but I don't have to know the specifics of or, it. Or just have like Wong not know about it, so that Doctor Strange has to explain it to Wong. <laughs> you know what True. I mean? That would be like, definitely like a little bit like, more of a cop-out way of doing it, but like, yeah. Yeah, but, but at least you work. wouldn't have this problem. Like, I think yeah. it also 
could add a place for comedy. Yeah. Gen- this might sound ridiculous, yeah. but I feel like we're at a place comedically where you could do something ironically. Every movie that references a Disney Plus show, there's a side <laughs> character not in the show that's like, <laughs> yeah. you're going to have to fill me in. And then we get like a 30-second synopsis. Like, they could do it yeah. in an ironic way, like Doctor Strange. Yeah. You know, they do this already for worst jokes. Yeah, and I feel like, like I'd be able to... Oh, just... straight out of town, like came up with these kids because it was sad. Like, yeah, and then you just swallow the pill and you move on. Like, yeah, it's not perfect, but like... I think it's yeah. much better than this fucking like weird gray area. I don't like, think they did it horribly in this movie for clarification. I just think like there's could have been done better. Yeah, and I think it's, it's accessibility. Relevant. Yes. Yes. This, like the- when we're understanding Kang, if you haven't seen Loki, they better handle it fucking perfectly. Right. Or you're gonna be way because, like used. Almost like ninety percent of that Loki episode was Kang like explaining his fucking like origins. It, it like, was literally a monologue to. Yeah set the premise for this character like i <laughs> yeah no i don't uh, I, and then we get back to the the big discussion of disney plus which is like you know i've had a lot of conversations with darian about this but like i personally this is kind of separate but like i'm not a big fan of the direction as much as i like this movie like that marvel is going generally because i feel like they're for business purposes mixed with just i guess the way that these are being received by the public and by fans seem to just be like full steam ahead like doing like 80 90 percent like disney plus things and implicitly in my opinion when they do disney plus things and i've yet to be proven wrong i hope i'm proven wrong by the daredevil series which i'm really looking forward to because i love daredevil so much but implicitly like means it's going to be a what six to eight episode series special that has you know the one filler episode the two intro episodes that are released on the same day you know the everything happens in the last episode you know what i mean it's a formula yeah I think that most of us can see that well it's like i know this is a podcast about film however i know everyone's well, relevant to say about tv shows yeah Disney Plus series feel like a, a weird in-between, and I haven't seen any of the Star Wars stuff, but I would assume it's probably similar in the sense that you're in this fucking gray area where it's like, this could have been a movie, but yeah. it couldn't have been a TV show, but it technically is presented as a TV show. Yeah, It's like, I don't know, I think something that makes good TV, like a, seri- uh, a serialized, episodic yeah presentation rewarding is that like it's not capped at one season yeah i'm not saying you can't have a good presentation of like a, a special a tv special yeah. season however for characters that are going to exist in a universe and with 100 certainty be used again and again it feels kind of messed up i know they're giving more seasons to some of these shows for for clarification i'm not uh yeah. unaware of that fact However, it feels very different than if they made a, uh, which they did, a Daredevil TV show separate from Disney Plus, where they could just keep him here and do seasons consecutively without having their schedule filled with all of these other shows, uh, which yeah. is funny because they did manage to do other shows. But my yeah. point is, like, where is the second season of Loki? We have to get through, like, so much that is yeah. directly related and, to it. Yeah. Universe-wise, before we get the next season, and it feels yeah, weird. I don't know. And I just want to say the way it is, is like it's not a normal season of, of TV where it's like 
season two of Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, fucking, you know, Connor watches Big Bang Theory, whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> season, the next season of a show is, of course, this might seem obvious, but a sequel slash continuation of the prior season, right? Whereas, like, Loki season two you mentioned, I feel like is going to be more of a sequel to whatever movies came out right before it involving the multiverse than yeah. a sequel to Loki season one. You know what I mean? I, like I, if you watched Loki season one and then season two, I imagine, and I don't know, obviously, because it hasn't come out, you'd probably be pretty confused because they're going to they're gonna assume that you've seen all the movies in between. So it goes inverse, too, that you've seen all the movies in between to understand what's happening with the multiverse in season two. Yeah, I might be wrong, Neil, but the Ant-Man movie is coming out before Loki season two, yeah, right? and that has okay. King the Conqueror. Yes, so we invariably now have a situation where, like, the the movie is, like, a sub-sequel to the first season, and then the second season is a sequel to the movie and the first season. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, like, doomed, but I just don't like the way it feels. Yeah, it I, I feel kind of right. liked it at first. I liked it when it was like, okay, like Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, like, yeah. and I thought maybe then we'd just like move on. Like, uh, yeah. and I thought it was going to be like short term thing. Yeah. 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 Like for the, I don't know. It's just, it feels different now because it feels like they're trying to weave it into their larger formula for this universe. And I, I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier more than like most of the movies in the MCU in the past however many years. Genuinely. But I am still dissatisfied with the feeling mm-hmm. of all of it logistically, if that makes sense. Also, I feel like no matter how much you like any of these shows, if I can come up to you, like I am right to like right now, if I'm like, alright, Darian, you like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What if it was a movie? How do you, don't you think don't that even, would be... I don't even know. I, not to get too far into this, but it's really weird because like I think something you brought up where it's like everything happens in the first episode, there's a formula, makes yeah. it feel like, oh, they could just do it as a movie. But also, it's at this weird point where it's like if they did, it would be a shit movie because they're cutting out all of this character development. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I will say it feels like at points they're kind of doing filler. like. Yeah. I, I, and not that this is an actual sensible solution because it's kind of in the direction of what I'm saying I don't like, but I feel like you couldn't cut it down to a two and a half hour, even a three hour movie, but you could cut it down to like five or six hours without losing good character development. It's just like to fill in those extra two hours to make it a longer TV show, but, uh, you know, like a little bit more than a movie. They're mm-hmm. also, on top of the extra character development time, adding unnecessary plot points. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that the, the character development and the time spent on things in Falcon and Winter Soldier, for example, specifically, that was good. However, did they need to go to, like, three different places to develop the characters? And you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's it's just an awkward format. Like, yeah, no, because it, it's it's not TV, and it's like you said, it's not TV. It's not a movie. It's like their own fucking special concoction that they can use to. And I'm not trying to sound a certain way here, but like, it is just a business tactic the way that they're doing it. Like, it is just proven to make them money. The way that they release these, the manner that they release these, and which episodes are filler and which ones aren't, is calculated for social media buzz most of the time. 
You know what I mean? Um, I think it, I don't know. It's like subscribed. You know? Yeah. So no, it's, it's like a month for the show to come out. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, one thing that I I also like Falcon Winter Soldier a good bit. I think one thing that we probably both like the possibly the most is John Walker, right? How would you if John Walker is supposed to? Okay, well, Thunderbolts. That's I guess a separate discussion. But like, if you heard that John Walker was appearing in the next Captain America movie, how would they introduce him and explain everything that happened? No, because it's, it's the, like people watching the movie would not even be watching the same character, right? Because they had not seen the things that we've seen him do. Yeah, and I think that you have two options there. You confuse everyone who watches the movie by presenting him in a way that just assumes you've seen the show. Or what I'm much more fearful of is you are now a different person making this movie. You just change the character inherently to make more sense to someone and invalidate the TV show. Yeah. Uh, I also just wanted to add, Nabil, I think, like, them doing... It's like, the problem isn't that they're doing something different with Disney+, Plus, right? Like, inherently, like, I'm all for that. But I do want to say, not to sound like, kind of like... I don't like this attitude normally. However, I think there's a reason that TV and movies are enticing and successful over time in the ways that they are. So if you break down the formula, you could do something inventive or you could just make it not digestible or not as enjoyable to digest because there's a way people have found to do this. You know what I mean? And I think you're spot on. I think they're not doing it to innovate. I think they're doing it to increase revenue. Yeah. Which is the worst part. Uh, yeah, um, I think it'll be John interesting Walker. how it goes. I, yeah, I, a good I'm a you know, God, if anyone hasn't seen at least Daredevil, I mean, all the Netflix Marvel shows I feel like were so great because they were just that they were serialized TV that is multi formed in, in, in a season basis that is great, that is separate from the MCU, but also is included enough where they could show up. And it would make sense, and yeah, no. Was, so I, in that sense, I I hope that they don't mess up Daredevil with his series, which is supposedly eighteen episodes, which is a really good sign, obviously, from what we're talking about. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I also just want to add on this topic. I think for a while there were people that were like, maybe uh, I would include myself in this, like uncomfortable with the direction of the MCU, and were like. Oh, I just want like I want someone else to make a movie, and I don't want it to have to be connected to the MCU. Yeah. I think the reason for that that I'm realizing now is it's not that putting something in the MCU and then connecting it to a, a team of movie. I don't think that's inherently problematic. I think the, the the bigger problem is that like you can't expect the MCU to break its own formula, so you're driven to be like, oh, I'd rather just have another studio handle this character. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it's not the fact that it's a, a connected universe that that could be good. I think it's mm-hmm. just the way they go about it is it's very like commodified. We're gonna make a connected universe, and everything in it is gonna follow the same guidelines, so that it's and feel the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like, I mean, you go back and you look at those movies, like Ghost Rider, you know, Blade, like. The fact, and I know they're doing a movie at Marvel, but like the way that those feel so distinctly different, it does lead you to that thing that you're saying where it's like, man, maybe 
and it feels worse because like in ways it's better that everything's unified under a banner, especially if you look at the early MCU, but like maybe 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 different studios should handle these. I don't know. Like it's 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 tough. Um, I think um it really I don't know how far we want to go down this path. I yeah. think it's a good discussion though. But I think it's like I don't think necessarily a different studio needs to handle it, but like functionally that might need to be what happens because Yeah, a different team. Yeah, the reality of it is you just if you're going to do it under one studio, you need to have independent creatives with actual agency over right. the thing. Otherwise everything will become homogenous if you're micromanaging them all to fill a fucking quota right, right. I mean, which is what they're doing yeah, because that's the reason that edgar wright didn't do ant-man and left that's the reason that scott derrick's had left this movie you know like i'm glad that sam raimi got his way with a lot of things in this movie and i like it a lot for that reason but the truth is he probably got limited too you know and yeah, like, that does show a little bit i've got to say like, i don't think that i am alone in saying this like by any means but i think that phase one was possibly the strongest of the marvel phases just yeah, I mean, like, you look at Captain America, uh, First Avenger versus Thor, the original Thor. I mean, how different. That's kind of like what we're talking about. Like, they and even if you bring in like yeah. Ed Norton Hulk, like that movie feels yeah. nothing like any Marvel like cinematic universe movie does, and it was an amazing movie. Honestly, okay, the first Thor is like the perfect example of what they could be doing and did. Yeah. The movie exactly. feels like it's in a different universe. Yeah. But when Thor comes to the Avengers, it works fine. Yeah, because exactly. you don't need to put his entire world with, you know, the entire world of like Iron Man and Cap. It's I don't, it works yeah. well. It's proof that that's not the problem. Separately, to give credit, I think something that was good and refreshing about Thor Ragnarok uh you know, whether you like that movie or not, I feel like it felt completely conceptually, tonally different. It just had a different, it was mm-hmm. on a, a separate like wavelength that felt like from the other movies that were coming out around that time in the MCU. And I, I don't think it's a perfect movie in retrospect. Um, I've come to like it a little bit less, honestly, but yeah. it, it felt like Taika Waititi's creative direction stood out. And then Thor was still able to function in the MCU. I, I mean, yeah. I think they kind of messed up his arc in Endgame, but and, or, um, or was that Infinity War? Infinity War, I guess. Yeah, I guess kind of both, depending on how you feel about Fat Thor. But um, uh, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> how could I forget? I just mean like I think the the difference, I guess, I'm trying to point out more clearly is like Thor one and Avengers feel very different, but they didn't change thor in the avengers to make it work thor ragnarok felt good and different and independent thematically or tonally but then yeah. in infinity war they didn't respect that arc because mm-hmm. uh like I-, I don't know i think it's the most explicit example of what you were talking about being worried about with john walkers they literally were like the entire point of ragnarok is that he doesn't need a hammer and the yeah. first thing he does in Infinity War is say, "I need a weapon. An axe, or I need a weapon." Yeah, yeah and he gets yeah. the axe. And it's not like the movie ends with him being like, "Oh, I was wrong. I I didn't need the axe." It's literally just doubled down on in Endgame, and then tripled down on in 
the new Thor movie, honestly, which baffles which is... me more because that is Taika with Yeah, Love and Yeah. But, are we gonna talk about? Are we gonna talk about love and uh, Let's not. I'll get you upset. Let's just say I, I honestly, this movie is way better. Doctor oh yeah, Strange. easily. God, like so you're saying, like Doctor Strange Thunder. was better than Love and Thunder. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. Why would you even compare the two? That's like, well, <laughs> I, I would say, out it's of mean, all the mean to Doctor Strange. I, I was like Taika Waititi new Thor movie. Obviously, before it came out and before yeah, I saw no, it, it was I was so to excited. Be, yeah, it was exactly. destined to be incredible. Yeah, I, I it was like these two movies are the most exciting thing that's you know uh, planned for me. And I honestly yeah. was like, I might like Thor more based on what I thought would be like the creative control. Yeah, that was uh, dictating the direction of that movie, but. Yeah, I don't know how y'all feel about Captain Marvel, but I'd rather watch Captain Marvel ten times back to back than watch Love and Thunder again. That's a ten tough times one. is a <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Okay, okay, that's like an oh, it's a, yeah, it's a hyperbole. Yeah. It's an overstatement. I don't want to watch any movie ten times back to back. I would like in shit. fact choose to rewatch and try to reassess Captain Marvel, then rewatch. The yeah, movie. that's no, probably the more realistic think, way of saying. I don't it. think my opinion would change much, but I um, but I, I, I don't think Captain Marvel is the worst one anymore. I think that the, mm-hmm. the, the there are parts of Captain Marvel that entertain me. Yeah, no, the scroll some of the Thor disappointed me. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. That's I <laughs> think that's I think that's a little far off topic. So let's 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 bring it back. But definitely a conversation for another day. Just sure this, yeah. To cap out that off that Darren mentioned, like seeing Thor from his movie appear in that first Avengers movie, and this is on a bigger scale with I guess all the heroes, but like. There was a level of excitement in that original Avengers 2012 that I feel like I just haven't had with the with the characters meeting each other and interacting. Like you're <laughs> like, oh my god, the Shakespearean god is meeting this super soldier, is meeting this fucking philanthropist genius play, but whatever the fucking line, you know, uh, it you know is meeting the society of uh, super agents of Shield. You know what I mean? It's like it's all coming together, and it felt so exciting. And I feel feel like I mean, even when I rewatched it, I still love it. I love that movie. Avengers um, 1 was awesome. But, like, it's crazy how they haven't been able, in my opinion, to recapture that. Like, Infinity War, you know, it was, like, I like I, I've said before, like, it's commendable that they were able to do what they did and not make it totally atrocious. I still didn't, like, love it, love it. But, like, I don't know. It just didn't, hasn't have this, nothing has had the same level of, like, excitement. I think it definitely just has to do with quantity. I will say, I, I agree with everything you said for context here. I do think Infinity War is the one Avengers movie where I got a similar sense to the first one in terms of, like, this feels like they're introducing the characters to each other in a good way. Like, the... Guardians meeting them, yeah. Yeah, like, it felt like all of the characters are, like, like in conflict and, you know, uh, getting adjusted to each other. Even in the Sanctum, like, having, like, Tony interact with Doctor Strange, I feel like that was good. There's some jokes in there that are really cringe and I hate, but aside from that, it was good. And, like, the Guardians interaction with Thor on the the Guardians ship. Like, that had a cool, like, similar energy. Yeah. I just think, like, when you look at, like, Civil War, though, like, they don't even do any of that shit. Yeah. Like, Like, they're directly fighting each other, and it feels like they don't focus on, like, you know, all of these, like, personal differences that they could. It's kind of just, like, they're they're fighting each other, and they're, yeah. like, quipping. It doesn't feel like a fight. It doesn't feel like anything. It's just... 
I mean, like the you know the one where it's like Falcon's like, oh, is this coming out of you to Spider Man? Yeah. It's like that is like a one on the scale of like you know <laughs> what you get from the original Avengers movie when they're all like what like they're they're like what the fuck is going on here like yeah no the scene where and, like, like Cap a, just came out of ice and like that a bunch of the scene in the original out. Avengers where like uh Thor and Cap and Iron Man are fighting in the forest is like still like one of the best scenes yeah I that's think. the scene I'm thinking about when I talk it's about like, all of this put the hammer down you know the classic. Yeah. Also, so many great memes. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I guess we can jump back into Doctor Strange. <laughs> like I think we had a good. I, I like that discussion. Podcast. Was, yeah, that was good. It was necessary. I think it was going to come up anyway. Um, but yeah, no. As far as Doctor Strange, like uh, something else I noted. As far as like going back to what we were saying about the emotions, like something else that Sam Raimi has done so well in Spider-Man movies is like a show. And we only get a little bit of this in the beginning, but I think it's still poignant, but like showing the environment, AKA New York as like a city and B showing civilians, uh, being a part of the fucking fight and destruction. You know what I mean? Like Avengers, uh, specifically to kind of dramatize this with Sokovia and stuff, but like, I liked in this fight at the beginning of the movie, like there are just shots of civilians looking scared and running and hiding behind things. And like they're in the building when the monster's climbing up the building and that sort of thing. You know what I mean? It makes the movie feel more alive. Um, yes. Uh, and then as far as magic, you know, we talked about like magic we hadn't seen before. Of course, we could talk about the music fight at the end of the movie. I'm I was, a big I, fan of the music fight. I and when I first saw it, I was like, I was like, kind of like giggling to myself. Like I was like, this is great. This is. It was sick, and the the audio. I thought the audio mixing was kind of. It was a little bit gimmicky, but okay. it was still cool. All right, burnout. <laughs> no, like, well, like one of the things is like, the, the, in one specific shot, and this is like a like a thing that they really only did like the one time that it really stood out. Like, I'll, so I'll, I'll go. I'll start naming that scene. I have a number of comments about that. I was hoping to talk about. Um. So yeah, first of all, like when they're taking them and shooting them at each other, and like it like plays one like classic, you know, classic piece that you like everyone's heard before, like some you know mm-hmm. some moment throws it, they catch it, it like morphs, like and like changes into a different piece. That I thought was cool, and yeah, was, yeah, I thought that was neat. But yeah, the gimmicky piece was so when they had the big ball, you know, it was mostly like shots, like you know, switching shots, switching shots, switching shots. They had one shot where it stayed on main Doctor Strange, and the ball comes forward, goes off the shot to the right, and then gets pushed back. Like, if it was staying consistent, that would have been Doctor Strange get gets pushed, flips to the other Doctor Strange, gets pushed back, flips back. And that's how they would have normally done it. But for that one shot, he pushes it, it goes off screen, the shot stays, but the audio for the music pans hard right, and then comes back. Which I thought was cool. It made you know added a cool dynamic to it. I just thought it was funny that they only did it a single time. NASA does not want you to listen to filmatic. They're deceiving you. <laughs> not gonna lie, Connor. I didn't catch most of what you said. Did Darian? Do you understand what he's saying? Is um, I mean, I get what you're saying. Like you're saying, I it didn't line the, up. Like the, the I action. think the 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 play by play recreation definitely sounds a little confusing. But I think Connor's just trying to say that when the the music doesn't like track with the visual more than once when it's going like okay. they pan no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. past him. 
but then they don't keep panning the audio. That's what you're gotcha. saying, right? Yeah, gotcha. they just do it like, like they might do like some subtle stuff, but it's like really like the one time you're like, okay, yeah, they are just hard panning this for just this one shot, which I'm okay. sure it was cool. But I think like, it's because I read that this was like a pretty last minute addition to the movie. Like gotcha. one of the last things they added in like reshoots was this that, scene. That makes sense then, like wanting to get yeah. that in. But I mean, I, I get it. It felt a little gimmicky. It was so cool. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun scene. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about the uh, elephant in the room of this movie? I guess for most people, uh, the tier Illuminati, the Illumawadi. You want to? Illumawadi, that's good. The Illumawadi? What, first of all, what do we think of that joke? I don't know if it's because, like, it's if I'm being a hypocrite, but I, I, I thought it was, I didn't like hate it. I thought it was like funny, like, ironic. I, okay, I don't think it was <laughs> as, it's not as effortful as like a Ben and Jerry's ice cream flavor. Like, okay, let yeah. me put it this way it's like, oh, it's a one liner. And yes, it's not like actually that funny, but it's like, I, I think it's acceptable because a lot of the other MCU jokes that are just bad have this yeah. problem where it's like they're over committing. Yeah, it, it's it so much like effort. We're diving into a sub SNL skit for this yeah. scene. <laughs> like we're setting up like, oh, Ben and Jerry's Marvel flavors, and then everyone gets to like mention one of them. Like it's a full blown like skit. Like it's like right. we're we're fucking really going into it. We're gonna spend twenty seconds on this <laughs> ice cream joke, which separately, what is the punchline? But I don't know. Yeah, that's I, a good I didn't point. think it was that funny. Dude, I think I thought it was fine. I immediately Dude. was like, this is absurd. Why would he say that? Like, the, the I thought it was just hilarious. Yeah, I Dude, think in, it in, in, in the whole like Illuminati sequence, he has moments like that where he's like, the Illuminati and like Mr. Fantastic is like, or they introduce Mr. Fantastic and he's like, the member of the Fantastic Four. And he's like, did you guys chart in the 60s? And I was like, I don't know. I like those kind of jokes. Like, well, I think like, it's like. <laughs> also works with Doctor Strange because he's just like an asshole. Yeah, he's a pompous asshole. That's the whole thing. And I do want to talk about his character separately from that too. I mean, it like um, makes sense. He's he's chained up. He feels like these people are just wasting their time. Yeah, he's annoyed. Not, like he, I feel like he goes in there and he's like, we're fucked because of these people. So Yeah, which I think carries over perfectly from his character in the first movie. Where with how he's acting with this pompous and, and annoyed and at, at the when he's becoming a magician, even though he's a student, he's constantly annoyed with fucking everybody. Also, um, I want to yeah. say big big reason it sucks with other characters at uh, later stage in the MCU, like Iron Man doing shit like that, is it doesn't track with the theme of the movie. I feel like he does that. Obviously, it's more for a joke in that scene, but it lines up with everyone telling him oh you're just as arrogant as our doctor strange and him doing the whole thing where it's like oh maybe this is why i lost christine and like every version of myself fucks up in this way yeah. and um it also tracks i think with like the thing they set up that i think is less stronger of a payoff maybe more of a joke but him bowing to wong it's like indicative of the same thing i, right? I didn't think it was a joke i think it felt it felt personally uh, and I don't know if it's just me, but like, I like the moment. It was a heartfelt kind of. No, moment. I, I liked it also. I just yeah. think initially the way they set it up felt like maybe it was just going to be a one-off. Joke. Oh, like yeah, that's like, like it, it felt like it was going to be one of the jokes that you talked about, like the ice cream joke. Like, yeah, where it's like I'm not going to bow to. Dude, by the way, you calling that a s describing Marvel jokes as a sub SNL skit is like actually genius because that's what it is. I never thought about it. That's like insanely good. Like. 
there's no punchline. It's just a something absurd, something that said that's absurd, just for the sake of being referenced later. Yeah, the punchline is like, oh, we're like, there's ice cream in the MCU that's like named after famous. Like, what? I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, as far as the Illuminati themselves, should we talk about that sequence starting from the introduction and what we think of the uh, so, so you know cameos? Um, I guess we can start with Mr. Fantastic, the biggest possible cameo. They finally uh, delivered on what I've been seeing on Instagram since I was in fucking middle school, which is for some reason that John Krasinski should be Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I think people just like John Krasinski. And why? Okay. As a person, it's really riding on The Office, obviously. I don't even think I have a separate thing um, with The Office where I. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. No, I would really talk about this, and I would probably agree <laughs> with you to a, a pretty decent degree. I think it's. I don't know. You brought up an interesting point, Nabil. We, we had a conversation where Nabil was like, you know, John Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic felt kind of disappointing because it's like he's just dryly like, yes, like it makes sense that he's like Mr. Fantastic, a fucking smart, analytical person. But also there's no character behind that conceptually that you can really yeah. show. And comparatively, the old Fantastic Four movie, it, it did feel like, at least to me, I think you agreed, Nabil, that Mr. Fantastic had character. Adam yeah. Grufford played that role incredibly. I thought he was Yeah, such and in a the comics character. he has character too, so I don't know where people are getting this thing that Mr. Fantastic is supposed to be like that, because in my view, he's not. Yeah, I think um, it's just um I mean I will say I've kind of fallen to this group where I was like when I watched it, I was like, I get where Nabil's coming from, but also how else are they gonna do it in a serious scene? And I think I fall into this group of like people just don't know what Mr. Fantastic's character is like. Yeah. Because when we had the Fantastic Four movie whether you liked his character uh, there or not, it was kind of like just a very lighthearted movie. Yeah, like no, it was a... 80% of it is just fun. Well, yeah, no, it was the in. two of them, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they were just forgotten. Most people our age were probably a little too young to remember them. Um, I remember watching those like on TV when they came on like FX or something. Yeah, well, I just feel like, okay, like you're bringing back fucking Professor X from the X-Men movies, which are pre-date when we were born. Um, by a year, but still, um, like, I think they could have brought back Young Gruffin, and I think that I that was definitely or, or, some contract stuff, though. Yeah, I actually I have no idea. I don't think they have to mentioned it or talked about it, or they tried gotcha. to. If they tried to. That's respectable, but like, I doubt it. I think the also deal, I think the problem is I agree that that would have been good, but you got to like think about it from Marvel's perspective is literally just like. Professor X is is money, so yeah. of course we're going to bring him back. But what the people want now is John Krasinski. So if we can like get a fucking whisper about this out to the people that weren't going to watch it, you know, all yeah, the yeah. engaged people. Like if you're fan casting, you're going to yeah. fucking watch him in the movie. So yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like it's literally just like numbers. I feel yeah, like no, it makes sense in that sense. Like. But like... <sighs> At first, I was like, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. And I was like, okay, like, I'm glad at least they killed him off. <laughs> I'm glad they killed him, even though it's like a multiverse version. And it's a fan casting for a, a cameo. He has two minutes of screen time. Okay. But, you know, then there are rumblings now that he's actually going to be Mr. Fantastic and stuff. Like, I don't know. Well, here's like, my big question in all of this. And it literally, genuinely has always been, 
and I, 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 I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer. What the fuck is John Krasinski's personal interest and connection to the character? Because, like, for example, uh, Ryan Reynolds really wants to play Deadpool, and like, mm-hmm. I think that he got it made. Shows. Yeah, and like now, he Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Like, they're like in every movie he's in, he is Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, well, no, like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, even like personal, like everything he does, he just seems like. He is that character. He represents that character so well. John Krasinski, it feels like a reach. I just if don't it, even, if it even is within John Krasinski note. Okay, let's go to a, a weirder example, maybe. Andrew Garfield, whether you like those movies or not, was clearly passionate about Spider-Man. Yeah. And whether you liked the way his character was written as Peter, I feel like he still brought shades of that to the table in his performance. Yeah, I agree. John Krasinski... I feel like brought nothing to the table in his performance. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe it's because he doesn't care that much and just wants to make people happy, which is fair. I just don't get the vibe that he's like, oh yeah, like people fan cast me. I could bring a lot to the table. I feel like he's like, <laughs> okay, uh, I'll be Mr. Fantastic. I, I have a, I have an like, even further, further proposition and this is unpopular, but like maybe John Krasinski doesn't have much to bring to the table in the first place, okay? I stand to argue that John Krasinski, I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but is overrated, okay? People like him because people people like him in the office because he's supposed to be the the likable protagonist, which, by the way, I would argue upon rewatch, he's not. He becomes an asshole like three seasons into the office, and I feel like that's on purpose and people don't realize that. Anyway, uh, he's an asshole in the office, and he plays a one-note character for the most part in The Office, besides the first three seasons. Uh, secondly, um, uh, I've only seen, to be fair, I've only seen parts of, uh, what's it called? The fucking horror movie? Don't don't look up, what is it? Uh, Quiet Place. Quiet Place. Don't look up. Um, <laughs> that's, Quiet the Place. One, no. that's the one I'm in, right? Through the, through the Woods? No, no, no. Oh. The, <laughs> no, the one with Timothy Chalamet that everyone said, like, I, I, I don't know. Multiple people said there's a character. Oh, okay. In, I've seen Don't Look Up. You're talking, yeah, Timothy Chalamet plays a character in Don't Look Up that is basically Connor. I don't know if you've seen Don't Look Up. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, anyway, Darian, I know you've seen. Um, oh my God, I keep. What, stay Quiet? What is it called? Quiet don't, Place. Don't, quiet. Quiet. <laughs> don't stay quiet. <laughs> Be loud. Hey. What what was he like in that movie? As a as I thought that movie was pretty good. Okay, here's here's the thing you have to understand. Also, I think really quick is John Krasinski made the concept for that movie, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's a good concept. Having watched the sequel, I think he also had a bigger picture for what's going on in this universe than just oh, you have to be quiet. Like, okay, cool concept, not that interesting. It was more thought out than that, and it shows. However. I think he's acting in it more as like a means of getting like, I'm going to prove that I can write a good movie. So I'll be the mm-hmm. one to make my first written movie. Right. I don't think no. he's going, uh, I don't think he's writing the character that he plays as a really good character that requires a lot of performance because it's just like a device. Yeah. He wants to be able to make the movie happen. So he's going to play this character that he has written. My, I don't know. My point is like, I don't think the movie is about his character giving an insane performance. And I think he knows that. And I think he... And I respect that. Like, seemingly is more interesting than 
conceptualizing the movie than actually yeah. being the main character. And I respect that. I've all, I've heard a lot of good things about the, the part two or uh, second sequel, and I've heard good things about his writing in those movies. I just feel like in anything that I've seen him act in, I've only seen him act in like barely two shades, barely two dimensional. And I'm not trying to, I don't know, maybe it just happens to be the parts that he's getting and the way that he's doing them. I don't know. Well, here's my question. It's only carried over to this for me. What part has he had outside of Quiet Place in the Office that people actually know him for? There isn't one. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sure maybe he's acting something else, but there isn't one that anyone is familiar with. Here's my here's my thing. He did The Office. He was successful. He did not go out seeking to be an actor after that. Instead, he was like, I'm actually just going to start writing scripts and shit. True. I think there's a good possibility that he literally just doesn't... You know, I, I think he knows job. people like like him and he could it's just like a quick cameo for of some money and some i'm not saying it in a bad way but i mean it is like i mean i could you still know I mean? see him taking the role of mr fantastic if they want him full-time for this but i think it's like i get the vibe from him that like he personally is not that driven by acting i think he likes yeah the sphere of things and would like to be a part of it but i just yeah. i've seen like interviews and shit with him after the office where he talks about like yeah, like I know everyone like wants you know this or that, but I'm just like doing my own thing now. Yeah. It seems like he's kind of just. I totally understand, and I agree with you. All I'm saying is, and uh, generally is, if he is not as into acting, he should not be acting as one of the most important characters in the Marvel universe. You know what I mean? I agree. I would <laughs> not be surprised if he turns down the role. Or if they so. just want someone else. Yeah. No. Um, I don't I know. We'll... I don't know where he's at. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't if he becomes it. the main Mister Fantastic, like I'm not gonna like go in with a fucking like hate boner for him. But like, I'm personally, if he is, this is not a good start in my book for me. I, I also, I'm not trying to shit on the writing. I feel like it's the, this movie is well written. I think I've stated that for different reasons. I just also think if he actually signs on to be Mr. Fantastic full-time and there is an actual, like, full story focused around him, he would have more of an ability to show some range. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know, yeah. Because I do think what he was given to work with here was very, like, they wrote him to play the straight man of this scene. Like, I'm going to just talk reasonably to everyone. You know what I mean? That was kind of... evidenced by the fact that the way Doctor Strange is, like, treating him. Yeah. Like, he's just, like... Like he, Krasinski's like, she's entered the building. They're the the bots are going fucking crazy, Morty or something. What he, I don't know what he says. Like within Doctor Strange is like, you think so, genius or something like that. Like so maybe that is the point. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying you know. I mean a, honestly, not to go off the rails here on. Um, I mean it's it's on topic of Doctor Strange, but like. I get. I think here's the thing. You focus a lot more on the Mister Fantastic because it, it should be like the big one, right? And John Krasinski is like heralded as what everyone expects the uh, a good actor to be for the role, and it's kind of like, okay, this didn't feel special. However, I had less uh, disappointment with him being there, even though I had a higher expectation than I did with 
the other characters that were on the Illuminati. True. I think Black Bolt was cool. Whatever. Black Bolt was cool. They made Black Bolt cool, which is, I think, a big thing. Because if anyone has <laughs> heard of or seen the Inhuman show that he was in way back in like oh, 2013 shit. or 2014. He was in that? Yeah, which obviously infamously is terrible and got canceled after like two episodes. But um, I got a lot of respect for him in this movie. I feel like he played the role. I mean, obviously he doesn't speak, which is the point, but he had a good vibe. Also, his suit was fully CGI, which I did not realize. Oh, it looked I don't know if you good. Did. Yeah, it looked it really, really good. good. Yeah, anyway. I was just going to say Captain Marvel and to a degree Captain Carter, but less so. It just felt like... That was more of, like, they didn't even, they added nothing ideologically or character-wise to yeah. being on the Illuminati. They were kind of, it felt like they were just there. Like, Carter was there to be like, oh, a uh, reference to what if and character that you know, cool multiverse gimmick. And then Captain Marvel felt like she was there just to be, like, a stronger person to fight Scarlet Witch. Like, dude, when fucking Mr. Fantastic walks up to Scarlet, I'm already, like, he, he, he's useless. Like he's he's useless. There's nothing he can do. You know what I mean? Like, and then he and then he tells her. This is what people have been memeing, which is I don't know. It's just kind of funny. But he like he tells her what Black Bolt's like <laughs> strength is. So he's yeah, like, she hey, know this Black guy, Bolt, this guy but... when he opens his mouth, you're gonna be fucked. And she's like, oh, I get rid of his mouth. People have been making. Uh, okay, memes cool. Where, Here's how I fix the problem. Then he, thanks for letting me dude, know. I saw a meme that was like it was like that scene and Krasinski and. Krasinski fucking Reed Richards is like <laughs> Wanda Black Bolt can tell you where your where your kids are <laughs> Black Bolt tell her and it's like I don't know no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be funny but I think um, I think honestly though not to not to go in the opposite direction because it's a small probably happenstance thing but I feel like that gives that gives an a possible dimension to Reed's character that you don't get for anyone else besides professor x where it's like he's trying to be a good guy and it costs them captain yeah. marvel is just like i'm really strong get out of my universe and then carter is like i can do this all day remember from captain america guys i have a shield <laughs> like they don't i don't know like why are they on the illuminati you've given me no explanation as to why these characters should be part of this panel besides the fact that multiverse doctor strange selected them like professor x uh makes sense and black yeah. bolt makes sense because professor x is a wise powerful character black bolt is powerful and mr fantastic is smart but then like i mean i know i just complained that the only reason captain marvel is there is because she's powerful but the thing is she's it feels very like uh how are we going to like do this logistically? Black Bolt's too no. strong. So we'll have him, you know, not first to fight. But like Captain Marvel will be like I'm I'm strong, but like also outclass like I'm just saying yeah. if Scarlet Witch didn't immediately kill Black Bolt, the other people would have no purpose in this fight, right? Like yeah. I don't know if I, Also I feel like a big point of the deaths of the Illuminati which I liked was like how insanely violent their deaths are yeah and then like going back to captain marvel she like tries to fight scarlet witch and then gets thrown against a wall and dies under a pile of rubble like <laughs> yeah no I, I think maybe it's it sounds like i'm coming from the wrong place of just shitting on captain marvel but i think the reason it comes off like that is i can't put exact words to it but there's a combination of things that make 
that just feel unrewarding compared to the rest of it. I don't know. Yeah. Like that like that specifically is definitely part yeah. of it. Also, where is the like sense of character that's displayed for True. Marvel or Carter. Uh, Captain or yeah, whatever Carter. Which I don't on the know. flip side, I think my favorite part Captain... of the Illuminati was obviously Professor X. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right? Because you get the reference to the animated series, you get the yellow wheelchair, you get the music, the motif that plays, which I know I told you about, but it was still hype. I'm sure. Oh no, um, that was sick. And then of course he has his. He references his line from X Men when he's talking to Doctor Strange. He's like, just because someone like stumbles and falls doesn't mean they're lost forever, which is what he says about Magneto in the original X Men. Yeah. I, know, I just feel like they really did justice to fucking Professor X's character. Even though they, I thought he ended perfectly in Logan, but yeah. I, I just felt like Captain Marvel was, like, not even given a cool moment. If you want to just put it that way. Yeah. Like, they gave, like, the thing with Black Bolt where he's, like, saying, I'm sorry, that was sick. Professor X had a full, actual, engaging scene with Scarlet Witch. Captain Carter had, you know, the callback, I could do this all day line, whatever, a series of things, a fucked up death uh, that was unique. Same with mr fantastic i just it's like captain marvel was also problematic i feel like because the 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 fighting was so boring especially compared to the rest of the movie it feels like a low point because they're just shooting generic energy blasts at each other i don't like why didn't i don't know i just just kind of was good but parts of it bothered me to yeah. me, that entire segment felt exclusively plot-driven and ca- develop ca- not even character development, but it just felt like, hey, here are these characters. It's like plot; they're plot development. Like, hey, here are these characters to take Doctor Strange out of the mix for a while, give a good fight, and show you how powerful Scarlet Witch is. Like, they weren't characters; they were devices, all of them. Which yeah, I think but I, I think is I mean, it's kind of lame, but also I'm not gonna lie, I did really enjoy that sequence. I thought it was cool to just introduce yeah. characters and, like, and like you know, well, I guess this plays into like why John Krasinski was good. I get like you know, okay for that position it was like none of those characters' purpose was to like be something cool or be something long lasting. It was like oh look, cool like interesting thing that's references to other things, and then bam, they're all killed really gruesomely just to show you how powerful Scarlet Witch is. It's like their purpose wasn't to do yeah. anything or be there for very long. Yeah, they're, like, they're laying down for Scar- Scarlet Witch. You know, it's like wrestling. Like you have to like have someone like beat a bunch of people to set up the threat, right? Like, yeah. But in this case, the bunch of people are also going to be the most heavily advertised of the movie, and yeah, that's where it gets annoying. Yeah. That, I well, because when they showed I, Krasinski in the theater, I'm sorry, but I was like, I was like, okay. Is this going to take a turn? Is this movie about to go down the shitter? Because not just because I don't like Krasinski or whatever, that's totally separate, but like, I was just like, okay, clearly so far it's been Sam Raimi tier. Now the studio is stepping in. Now they're introducing the cameos. They're showing a fucking fan casting that is now canon, supposedly. You know, like, I thought it was going to go to shit. And then they killed all of them, and I was like, okay, tier. Yeah. Especially that first death being Black Bolt, which was so cool when he. Oh, dude. Did- yeah, his skull just imploding. That was yeah. pretty gruesome. I'm surprised or, they showed. I'm that. surprised they did show that. Yeah. Um, what were you gonna say? Sorry. I I just I I I don't want to seem like I'm dying on this hill right now. I think another problem though with the Captain Marvel thing is like they failed to make that first movie good 
they yeah. failed to give me any sense of what her character is outside of strong and determined. Or her powers are, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like this would have been maybe an opportunity, and we're once again just like, it honestly feels disrespectful to the people they have playing these roles. Yeah, and it does. I, I, it's hard to not sound like a fucking conservative. Yeah. I support the fact that you want to put someone in the movie to diversify a situation. However, if you're going to put the least effort into their role, it's clear that you're only putting them in for points right. in that and, category. And that negates that negates that representation. Yeah, you know? it, it's like I I feel like I I didn't want to say it because it sounds weird, but I feel like I've put it in a way that is more understandable. Is like, did they just put Captain Marvel there to like? Oh, this is Captain Marvel, our our you know our branded like strong female hero. I yeah. don't know. Like, I know that Carter was also there, but I'm saying like that's someone they can pull that is going to be relevant in future movies, and that's how they treated it. Like, yeah, I guess I it's just know. another entry into the series of like them trying to convince us that Captain Marvel is more of a phenomenon than she are than she is. Like starting with Endgame when she like they're like what's breaking through the barriers. What's coming through the shields? What's that in the sky? And then it's like Captain Marvel, and it's played in a way where you're supposed they you they want you to like be like oh my god like fucking like, but it never works because they never sold it in the first place. And I so. I think also Nabil, what do you think like the odds are? You said like obviously. Well, actually, this is an interesting talking point that I think can push the conversation forward. I just realized I was going to say something that I know is false, but um. You, you talked about how the Krasinski cameo tipped you off that, okay, this is the part where the studio is telling people to include shit in the script because they think it's what fans want. Um, you're right with the Krasinski thing. Uh, it kind of felt like that in general, I think, which is why I'm a little bit sour on it. However, I just remembered uh, there's actually an article about how the screenwriter for this movie had like always decided that he was going to put the fantastic four into this movie somehow in reference like the baxter uh group i don't know not the building but mm. i don't know if maybe you can pull up an article really quick but basically my uh memory serves me correctly he was like i'm gonna do a post credit scene with mr fantastic uh i he wrote that in the original script and yeah. then marvel was like oh like well let's just put it in this scene instead because he originally was gonna have it like oh reed richards in the main reality has been monitoring this the whole time but i i think they kind of moved it probably more so that they don't have to lock in fantastic four plot. Yeah, they want to have their freedom for their movie yeah um my point though is like i think you can see the effort of what the writer originally wanted the movie right krasinski's casting aside being a studio choice i i agree with you but it's like he gives more time to probably what he wrote in right and then when the studio forces you to do shit that you don't want uh, there's probably not a lot written in the script for that character. So yeah, it's another vibe I'm getting from some of the shit with That's a good specific one. Carter. I mean, and... to be fair, they did like a ton of reshoots before. Like, like they did like way more reshoots than are normally done. Like normally there's like a week or two of reshoots and they did like four or five or six weeks. I remember like reading about that and telling you. 
So clearly something like that definitely happened. And I don't, I don't want to fucking harp on this too much, but I think another reason I am is it's like, not to get off topic, but the Thunderbolts thing, it feels like the same thing that pisses me off in this situation. It's like, why are you putting this villain from Ant-Man and the Wasp on your like flagship anti-hero team? No one gives a fuck. It's like pandering. And at best, it's like, we want to keep Ant-Man more relevant. Like what? I don't. So I guess for context, I mean, Connor probably doesn't know about this. Connor, do you know about the Thunderbolts? Okay. So at a D23 conference the other day, one of the things they announced slash released was a concept art of what the Thunderbolt team lineup is. Uh, And it consists of Taskmaster from Black Widow, John Walker, from Falcon Winter Soldier, Bucky, uh, <laughs> fucking Florence Pugh's character, Black Widow's sister, oh, Yelena, that's right, that's her name, uh, Red Guardian from Black Widow, and Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I feel like you should just send the picture to, uh, to the chat and let Connor look at it, because it's way more dissatisfying when you see, like, this is the full team. Well, it just yeah, sounds sending... weird. Like, why would you put Taskmaster and Florence Pugh's character together? Like, they're just, like, literally exactly. fought each other. Listen. Exactly. Connor, also, why is Bucky on the team with John Walker when they also... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the movie's just going to be, like, a gimmick of, like, everyone hates each other and they have to learn to work together. Like, but well, also, I it's, said like, this. Yeah. there's a reason John Walker and Bucky don't... Like, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Okay. Taskmaster yeah. is, the, is the, the father in Black Widow, not the boss. No, you're thinking of Red Guardian. I am thinking of Red Guardian. Okay, that's what I'm looking at then. Yeah. No, Taskmaster's Task- all the way on the right. right. Taskmaster fought Black Widow. That is also true. Yeah, Taskmaster, Taskmaster but Red Guardian is the father. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, okay, listen. Wait, so who even is Taskmaster in this photo? <laughs> One on the right. Good question. Far right? Okay, yes. that suit is just... It's that's the Taskmaster. almost identical to the design of the person on the left. Well, Wait, yes. Are you telling me that MCU suits are... 80% identical. Uh, I'm just saying, I, I just want to put this out there, okay? For anyone that gives a fuck, at, at least Nabil. Yeah. Why would you ever mediate the conflict of ideas between John Walker and Bucky? That's like a bad message, right? Like, this yeah. is not what we should be doing. <laughs> I, I don't like. Yeah, no, I. I feel like, but. I don't know. I know this is all Maybe very the- speculative. Do you think they're not going to play it off as like, oh, we have to like learn to accept each other on this team? Like, no, it's just, it's going to okay. be like I said this to you. It's going to be a worse Suicide Squad. Exactly. Suicide Squad. It's going to be we got a group of all these people. You know, eight out of you know four out of five of them don't agree with each other. You got to work together to do some good, and this is your t- mission. And then by the end of the movie, they resolve like the one major fucking splat that they have against each other we did it guys wait yeah (laughs) what are you saying connor no wouldn't it be funny if they actually blew our minds and did suicide squad there's a kill-off ghost and taskmaster and red guardian in the first like five minutes of the movie yeah all the characters (laughs) have already ruined in the other respective movies yeah i think red guardian is a funny ass character i also just love that actor Oh no, dude! David, Stranger David Things. Yeah, no. I mean, he's definitely the one of the better parts of that movie. Oh um, yeah. Ghost was done terribly, obviously. I just don't even know if people will remember that character. To be exactly. 
I don't remember Ghost from Ant Man. Like, exactly. What, was that like what Ant Man one? Like Ant Man no, two. two. And also, Connor, here's the thing: even if you remembered Ghost, like this visual, the villain, do you remember anything about the person wearing the costume? Because I don't. I can't. I don't give a fuck. Why would you put them in the Thunderbolts lineup? I don't know if if I don't know. Maybe I'm just like over conflating this, but I feel like Thunderbolts is supposed to be like a pretty big thing, wasn't it? Like yeah, no, huge. It's like the Dark Avengers, like all this shit. Yeah, no, been it's big about for six years. And like... Ghost is a part of the Thunderbolts in the comics, but the problem is with the way that they ruin Ghost and Ant Man the Wasp is yeah, like yeah. you know, and I get what they were okay. They did the same thing with Ghost and Taskmaster, which is ironically they're on the same team, which is like take the origin from the comics, throw it out the window, and make it something that's like personal, personal to the one of the main characters of the movie, right? So turn them into foils. That's right, what Deadpool yeah. felt like in Origins. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Objectively, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah Deadpool yeah. in Origins was fucked. Yeah. Well. I'm, yeah, no, it's basically the same thing. I don't know, like Ghost, Ghost and Ant Man and the Wasp was like, like you said, like a foil, like that one scientist's daughter, as opposed to Hank Pym's daughter, like the you know her, she's like the failed version of it, the science of it. But like in the comics, like Ghost is like a fucking like, first of all, a guy, which is much better. Am I right? <laughs> don't take that out of context. Don't take that out of context. Don't take that out of context. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sound affected yourself. <laughs> give it the give that one a wah wah, will you, Nabil? Thomatic is the number one podcast, but the socialists did not want you to know. <laughs> anyway, if you don't know about Ghost in the comments, yeah, look it up. Put a wah wah. Put a wah wah. Fucking insane. It's this. No, it's this I guy. I refuse to comment any. Darren and I refuse to comment any farther on this movie. Darren hasn't said shit, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Darren is siding with me on this. Let him. He has to say it. What am I siding with you on? It's fucking Connor. like Jesse Penguin. Say the, the words. Thinks, Nothing the, happens till you say it. <laughs> Nabil has to do a little wah wah sound effect for his sexist joke. Okay, how about you guys do a segment where you argue over this because I have to pee really quick, and then if it's funny, you can leave it in. Here's the thing, Connor. I don't want to edit the podcast, so we have to leave this in. So let's make it entertaining. Okay. So. Let's start with um, why I don't think we should do the womp womp sound effect. First of all, it's overplayed. You've heard it in every medium before. You've heard it in every single fucking movie, TV show, game. It's a it's a stupid joke. Uh, one of the stupider jokes of uh, all time that dates back, I'm sure, to the early 40s. So I do not think we should be using the womp womp sound effect, at least not in the context that you demand it. Nabil, the reason that I think that this is the perfect context this is... This is like us doing our, our Mr. Piney skits <laughs> to stall for time. I think the worst joke is saying that you think men are better than women. That is an even older joke. That Here's the thing, back, Connor. As far as time itself. And <laughs> I think... Joke, it's not, it wasn't a joke. Put, exactly. In order it to wasn't put, a joke. It, wait, 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 hold on. Pause. Hold on, hold on. Then it wasn't put, a joke. It wasn't a joke 100 years ago, Connor. Men actually did not like women 100 years ago. It wasn't a fucking... Okay, yeah, no, you're right. It was just a thing. <laughs> and you were trying to make a joke out of it, and it's not funny. Yes. Therefore, here's the thing, I'm to not making exemplify a... the not funny, give yourself a womp-womp so we can move on and get over it. I'll do I'll do it. Okay, Connor, no, Darian, you decide. I'm saying that there are so many levels of post-irony on the joke that it cancels out any negative repercussions. Yeah, I feel like 
Okay. And I'm saying, gotta listen. Here's the thing. Sexism, not cool. I feel like the joke was making fun of sexism because it was. Said, Am I right, guys? Like, women are not good. Am I? It right? was making like, fun of people who actually have that point exactly. about the character in the movie. And you have to give it a want want because that's the want want is a is a commentary on the people. No, no, that no, believe no, no. In you're changing it. Joke. You're not you changing, changing it. what you said too. Fuck you. you are, no, I'm not. Wait, you wait, 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 wait. Okay. <laughs> Being in the podcast, I don't think this is going to be in the cut anyways. So, just on a different level, I feel like Nabil didn't change what he said. I feel like no, 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 between, no, between the argument, no, between the argument he made to me while you were gone. What was that? No, don't pick up, that's bullshit. What was the argument when I was gone? Yeah, we got told the argument. The wop wop is old. It's been around since the 40s. It's an overplayed joke. We don't want to do that. That that was also post ironic that was yeah thank you <laughs> it was literally a joke okay i actually care that the womp womp dates back to 1940s which also is impossible they're it's <laughs> impossible. like this sound effect <laughs> exist in the okay i win you played it i i i ultimately got what i wanted we can move on now Okay. Actually, it is possible. I think that might just be a fucking brass instrument. It is. It? It's That's when did when did the womp womp come out? The like, womp, there's out. no way it's gonna get the right womp, thing. It's womp womp womp. womp. Uh, um, 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 the womp womp. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to stall for time here because listen, we're gonna come. We're gonna get back to you on that. All right, I'll just say that. I don't have time. But we're, we're going to figure out when the Womp Womp originally. So are we I gonna was vote? sent back in time to record an episode of Filmatic with Kana. <laughs> oh, shit. Terminator, do you know when the Womp Womp sound effect came from? Well, <laughs> well, guess who's not getting invited back to Filmatic? Who? It's the Terminator. I was sent back in time to record it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shit. So this will make for a so good. Are we gonna are we gonna do this vote? Yes, we are. What's the vote? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, Connor, what's your vote? For what was Bill's joke bad? I believe that giving it to the commentary of its post irony in which in the statement that it is in fact making fun of sexism. I think is don't say words you don't understand to make no, yourself. No, no, no. Well, I do think that yes, that was your implied meaning because yeah, I do think I knew I do know that was your implied <laughs> meaning. I do think that there are also viewers who may not realize that and may hear the sex joke and be like, "That's not cool," and may find negativity in that and not think that even no, oh, literally, no one would funny. find that insensitive. I made fun of people who don't like no, representation no. and movies. Actually, Nabil, you'd be surprised at the amount of people that would take that the wrong way. <laughs> That's not, as, not as a thing like, oh, they're too jumpy. That also implies that people, i.e. a group of of people, listen to this podcast. Human beings. Let's say hypothetically. <laughs> hypothetically. Like multiple you, people watch this episode and make it to the yeah, hour 50-minute mark. Maybe three, if we're lucky, would make it this far. Well... If even one of those people is offended, we have to make sure that you know we're looking out for them. And that's but where what the if one of those in. people is laughing because of the joke well then they're still laughing opposite of offended so okay 
I'll Leave take a comment. Connor's vote as being you shouldn't have made the, the joke. Nabil, do you think you should have made the joke? Yes, of course I think I should have made the joke. Okay, it so funny. it looks like a one-to-one vote. So now <laughs> I have to make a decision, which I'm not going to do. Darian, do you think sexism is funny? No. <laughs> well, then. But but I will share my opinion, all right? Take this. I, listen. Oh, the, white, the, the, the straight white male shares his opinion again. Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest, I have no reason to comment on this, and I am unexplicitly going to be agreeing with Nabil, but that's not my point. I'm trying to say, I genuinely don't know if I'm missing something, but I would say I don't think what Nabil did was bad. I, I don't I think, think it was bad. I think I think that it was a purposeful joke that was making fun of people who shared that opinion. I, 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 agree. I agree, but Connor, Which, the, thing is, the thing is, you are right, because I know... There are women who are the target of the, the conversation, if not the joke, that would be offended, even knowing the ironic intention. Listen, and that's why is- I say, I don't know if something's wrong with me or them, but I am personally, I don't see what's wrong with it. However, I, I'm not a woman. I just feel so- like, let me explain. All right. If you go to the Ant-Man and the Wasp trailer on YouTube right now, I promise you. I promise you, you could find a video or a comment on an Ant-Man and the Wasp video that is someone ma- being mad that the ghost was a woman. Instead of the original. Instead of a man. That is true. Cat. I'm sure you could. And I'm making fun of that person. So how am I in the wrong here? I'm That's not saying I'm you're in the wrong for making fun of them. I don't think you're in the wrong. I'm just no. saying, let me just put it this way. I've, I've, I've said shit like that ironically. I've heard Casey say shit like that ironically with the same intention to make fun of people for being bad people but then someone is like no you still shouldn't do that and they're a part of the group that's targeted okay well if someone were if, fun of, if, so i don't know if i'm wrong right, no i agree if if the uh, there's below, guys. Yeah. Listen, listeners put for your view in the comments if you want to be think- the first if you want to be the first woman to speak a word to me since 2018 <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> leave a comment below uh, DM me at Nabil Sharif on Instagram, Nabil Sharif on Snapchat. Filmatic um, podcast also. Why do you my... think women should be able to vote? <laughs> that's good. That's not good. Wait. <laughs> oh, that's a womp womp. That's a womp womp. Okay, this is going to make for a, a hell of a highlight, I think. Um, this is but... just for the TikTok content, guys. It was all scripted and staged. If you're a yes. Spotify listener, you'll know. You'll know. <laughs> If you use Spotify, Listen, you will inherently understand the script. The bottom line is that if you're a listener, you're probably not a woman. So, and that's not me saying Wait that you second. shouldn't be. Hold, hold, on. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not me saying that you. Okay. I want All women. Right. No one loves women more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I will need women. <laughs> Dude, I think everyone is just. I feel like. I don't know. I, I am actually starting to have a bad feeling that people won't understand how deep the irony is running and might take it as like we're trying to subvert <laughs> the irony by doing it over and over again. Well, yeah, there's Sorry. way too many layers going on. We need to. We need to. Well, it's too complex for. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta. Of the podcast to we gotta move stuff. on. I guess. Uh, just a piece, Connor. We'll just do one more, please. And I think that was appropriate.
Oh, sorry. That one's for you, ladies. That one's for right. <laughs> Look, I love women listeners of the podcast. That's all I'm saying. You know, that's... <laughs> we love all listeners of the podcast here. No, I'm saying I would want... Them. Male, I they female, non-binary, trans individuals, agender individuals. I have access to statistics. There are little to no women listeners of this podcast, objectively. Ever since saying, Sophia fell through that hatch into the maintenance room on top of glass plates, there are zero listeners that are women. Yes, and Sophia, if you're out there, we really hope you recovered well. And- <laughs> Skull emoji. <laughs> I just <laughs> You got a glass plate shattering effect. <laughs> It'll take too long to find. Oh my Dude, god! I really, I really wanted to try to keep a straight face and be like, "No, I, I, I do hope you're doing it." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you understand why NASA doesn't want you to listen to this. NASA does not want you to listen to filmatic. They're deceiving you. I will say, Sophia, if you're somehow hearing this, can you just explain what happened on a practical level? Like, did you fall under the plates that were stacked? No, because, no, listen, listen. It is concerning. Like, <laughs> why was there an open hatch? How, why was it two stories? Yeah, no, of, were no, there no, two seriously. open hatches? How, was it just far far? Boat? How many. I'm, is there like just like a stack of glass plates there for no reason? Did they the like entire stop lower your deck fall? Of, yeah. Or did they, I imagine did they it would make you? it worse. Yeah. Did you fall feet first? Was it like your back? Maybe your head? <laughs> God, I hope anyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> or maybe I don't. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Nimbiel, uh, Casey will at least appreciate this. Yeah, as if Casey listens to the podcast. That's well, a good this is one. how we get them to. Yeah, true. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Skull emoji. No, but uh, in all honesty, um, I think we can just really. <laughs> what? What? It's trying to be serious for a second. I just, I can't do it. Okay. All I'm going to say is, I think everyone's going to realize the podcast isn't sexist when we have our first female guest. We actually have. Oh, Katrina have, we and Manny's That's girlfriend. my bad for Elizabeth. not listening to the podcast enough. Yes. But my point is, if you thought that we had our female guest and then became sexist retroactively through some sort of like social backsliding <laughs> due to lack of like human interaction... There's going to be another female guest. That people I thought you were going to say, to. there's another thing coming. <laughs> if you, if you, if you that, think we've backslid, you've got another thing coming. No, but like, are we allowed to advertise that, Nabil? Yeah, sure. Maybe? Yeah, no, we're, we're working very hard. We're pulling resources. We're pulling <laughs> all of the combined cloud of the Nogs, which amounts to the normal cloud of Almost one man. Almost. <laughs> We've almost made it to the to convince, combined to convince, equivalent of a single normal individual. To convince a woman to, to stoop down to our level and be on an episode, another episode of the podcast. Uh, and if you are one, 
woman and or no i was gonna say i don't know i never mind uh, <laughs> or no one if you are or no a woman please cut yeah. <laughs> seriously please on the off chance that you speak to women could you please reach out to the podcast we're looking for some advice it's more like market research holy shit we're doing a survey uh Go to www.surveymonkey.com backslash filmatic podcast. There actually is a real survey in the description of this podcast you guys should take. There's a real survey. Um, I don't know if you guys know about that, but there's a real actual filmatic survey to take. Um, that you should take because it enters you in the giveaway. So do that. Um, well, does anyone have any idea what part of Doctor Strange we were talking about before this happened? We're talking about the Illuminati. Oh, there we yeah, go. I think we were pretty much done with the Illuminati section. We've moved on from that. Yeah, yeah. so what, what would we like to cover next? Are we going chronologically here? I don't know. I feel I'm like we've hit a lot of the major missed. things from, like, just overall. I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I, I can't think of anything. we talked about the conclusion of the arcs already. Yeah. Um, I guess the post credit scenes. That is, I think, okay, that sure. is something I have questions about. The second one, obviously, just, like, comedic value i i thought it was funny maybe it's a, it's a lot of the bruce theory. campbell involvement was good mm-hmm. it's was over good. like right at the camera it was funny i enjoyed that Definitely. i thought it was good. perfect the first cameo which uh, you know as is like formulaic for marvel i think it kind of invalidated the ending a little bit like i like the ending of him like what the fuck's going on and he has the eye like, i like that oh yeah and then, the first and, then and then you cut and then mind, cuts, and he's walking fine. down he's walking down the same street in the same outfit and he's fine <laughs> Like, yeah, that did feel bad. I think they should have like not done him wa- if they just didn't do him walking. So what was the point? No one knows who that is anyway. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> is it, it also Clea? doesn't have any relevance Clea? to any yeah. other upcoming movie besides the next Doctor Strange movie, which which doesn't have a release off. date. Yeah, yeah, which doesn't even, hasn't even been announced. It like, just feels kind of like a throwaway post credit scene. Um, her character seems cool though. I guess they wanted to give Doctor Strange direction. Maybe what they were trying to do actually is write him off to explain, oh, he's out of the universe for when True. a bigger conflict arises. In yeah, that's a good point. That actually yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, this complete sidebar, Nabil, I just, I'll never remember because I've been trying to now for a while. But it's on the topic of Marvel uh, and Doctor Strange, so maybe you can tie it in here. But, you know, I was with, uh, I think, in agreement with you, both of us, maybe other people were like, why No Way Home is Peter written to be such an idiot in, like, messing up this spell and, you know, going to Doctor Strange without talking to MIT first? Like, he's he's seemingly stupid uh, for someone that got into MIT especially, but... (laughs) That's a good point, actually. I think what I realized in writing that scene parody that we did was that while Peter is kind of stupid, I think the real takeaway is Doctor Strange is kind of an asshole. And it's insane that he just did all of that without Peter consenting. Because Peter's like, hey, like, could you go back in time and like try to stop something from happening? And Doctor Strange is like, no, sorry. And then he's like, actually, here's an idea. And then Peter's like, okay. And then he's like, wait, you're going to make everyone forget? And Doctor Strange is like, yeah, shut the fuck up. I'm already doing it. Like, without confirming yeah. that that was okay. That's kind of fucked up. 
Yeah, I guess it's just you could argue ties into Doctor Strange's like pompous, like yeah, like he is. He doesn't think anything's gonna go wrong. He thinks that this is what Peter wants. He doesn't give a shit, so he just does it. Like, yeah, my main point of that realization was to be like maybe that wasn't as poorly conceived as I took it to be. Right, because it fits. Yeah, it does tie into this movie thematically with Doctor Strange. I'm glad. I, I just want to say. Whether that gets left in or not, I'm glad this movie confronted uh, Doctor Strange being an asshole. Because I think in the past movies that aren't the first Doctor Strange movie, it, it, you can't tell if it's a comedic aspect of his character solely or if it's actually like his flaw that he needs to work on. And yeah. I think they made it very clear in this one that it is. Um, I also think something we touched on topically but didn't focus in on. Uh, specifically is like the theme of like fear that he talks about with Christine, like being afraid to let someone else be in control mm. is a big thing. Like, uh, Oh, you always have to be the one wielding the knife. And it, which also ties into his sister dying, which we've never known until now, which True. also ties into the, which I, I think they could have put a little bit more emphasis on that throughout, but I think that ties back in at the end too, where instead of taking America's powers, he lets her, he's like, no, you can have this final fight. I like, I don't have to be in control here. I'm giving you control over this outcome. True. Him taking her powers, thinking he can do better with them than her is very much yeah, I fits. think I can control it all. Yeah. That, that's actually something I didn't directly really put a very good example about what you said. Um, I, I did it good. I did it good. I think... <laughs> Something else I wanted to touch on that we can't go too far into, I guess, but a lot of this movie, not that it's a bad or a good thing, just a thing, feels very thematically uh, related to the recent Rick and Morty things that have been going, like wanting to be in control, like hiding your fucked up past and pushing people away and like seeking yeah. alternate Ooh. realities where things are better. I don't know. Wish I didn't do that. Ooh. Nabil hasn't seen the last episode, right? I have not seen the newest episode. The last episode of season four. Uh, I think I did. Is this five or six? I've seen. I saw the whole season, but when it came out, I barely remember what happened. I know that Rick like went away or something. That's all I remember. Um, Well, that's the second to last episode. Season finale is like much more. Yeah, because they took a break after the crow episode. Which is where right. Rick is. I think I have to rewatch the last episode and then start the new one because I just don't remember. The thing is, they, they definitely do. It's very plot. They release so far apart that I just forget. Like, I don't know. I think... Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, yeah, we'll have to watch the the newest episode that just came out tonight. Yeah, I I think what I what I wanted to say about that though is like I don't think it's necessarily good or a bad thing. However, I touched on this earlier in passing. Not to discredit the movie in any way, shape, or form. It just makes me question what is going to go on in the future with such a focus on the multiverse. It feels like the themes that are being covered are very, like, limited. Like, if you look at Loki, it's, like, the same thing. It's like, oh, like, wow, like, I'm always destined to, like, be a piece of shit. Like, uh, this yeah. one's, like... And, and then the theme is, like, oh, well, I can do better. Like, not to... This isn't really spoilers for anything you haven't seen, Nabil. It just gets developed more. But, like, the whole thing with Rick is, like, 
oh, like, I'm actually not the worst version of myself because I went back for my family and, like, I saw every version of myself being what I thought I was. I just, my point here is, like, I wonder how many nuanced ideas we can pull from the multiverse premise before it just feels, because it kind of was the same thing in Spider-Man, wasn't it? Like, oh, I can be better because I saw alternate versions of myself and they taught me things, like, are yeah. we gonna get past that? And if so, it's a good point. It is the multiverse saga, right? So that's what they're calling the new movies, the phase of them. I just don't know what else conceptually you can play around with without being like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think there really is. I think I could just see maybe in like the Avengers movie when they finish the phase, just like have different versions of Ant Man and different. Like, I feel like it's just, I feel like that stuff comes secondhand to them. Besides this movie, it feels like it is just like Cameo City. What actor can we get to play a different version of the other actor? I don't know if they're really thinking about that. <clears throat> I mean, it's the perfect like premise to just whore out these movies for what they already like doing. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it's just a, you know, it makes the already what was a problem worse, which is like when people go in and watch a Marvel movie now. <laughs> They're expecting a cameo. They're expecting a multiverse portal to open up. They're expecting a Doctor Strange portal to open up. You know, where it gets to the point where you watch a movie like Eternals, and I, like I said, the movie's not perfect, but I think we all liked it. And yeah. I think people also just didn't like it, some people, because it didn't have that, you know? Which plug, yeah, if, you're, if you're this far into this episode and you also like the Eternals, check out Filmatic's episode on the Eternals, starring the three of us. Oh, no, my bad. That was actually Sh- uh, Shang-Chi. What happened in Sun- Shang-Chi? No, I was going to say, didn't someone walk through a fucking Doctor Strange portal anyways, but that was Shang-Chi. Yeah, that Walks, was... Comes in. You know, Eternals, like, feels so different, like, even in style, that it's hard for me to picture a fucking portal opening up in that world, which is a good thing. Yeah. Like, Yeah. I think that kind of ties into what we were saying earlier of like when you have something and let it go a different direction and be totally its own thing, it becomes yeah. like sure it'll have its own flaws, but it becomes a different thing and it's you know it adds dynamic, it's more interesting. It's like I don't know, it's cool, it's new, which is not what most mm-hmm. Marvel things are anymore. It's hip, it's now, it's, it's wow. wow, it how. Spider Man three reference anybody? I got it. I like it. I obviously so. got it. I know, I just... Where were you guys in fucking junior year? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> when I, That's fair. You know. If I was actually physically present and aware, I definitely did get it then. I probably just didn't want to speak up as... <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I also feel like, though, I, I've always remembered that part of that movie. I feel like I must not have actually been there to build because I would have at least remembered like, dude, that's insane to build put that in the presentation. Yeah. I just don't remember it happening. No, you probably just weren't there. Um, Which sounds awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've sent the picture before. It's hilarious. Uh, as far as this movie, uh, we haven't talked in depth about it, but like, I think we all agree, like the fucking ending with zombie Doctor Strange is fucking insane. Using the like spirits of the damned as like a fucking cape and as like powers like what and that's like so sam raimi you know yeah the design and all of that show was super sick i like the music that played when they were 
you know, dream walking into his dead body and it was coming out of the tomb and all that shit. Um, yeah, I really liked that whole sequence. It was sick as fuck. The way the, like, souls of the damned were, like, feeding, like, they were, they were just, like, eating Scarlet Witch's energy. That was cool. Yeah. Felt also, very, multiple like, times. And multiple times when the souls of the damned are, like, fucking swarming someone. I think when it's Strange, Christine, and Scarlet Witch, they do a thing with the camera where it's, like, really up in their face, like, from the POV of the the spirits, which was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I really like the way they did it with Christine. Yeah, I mean, like, I think in the end, like, this movie, like, well, it's, again, like, not completely perfect and suffers from some, if anything, like, studio-related things, like, I think it's one of the freshest things the MCU has done. I think between this and Eternals, I do have a little bit of hope in the back of my heart, you know, of so for that kind of thing to continue. It's just hard when you have all the Disney Plus stuff that we talked about. But um, anything else you guys want to say, I guess, in conclusion, unless there's something we missed? Um, I mean, I liked it. I think that it lived up to my expectations, and I think for someone that doesn't care about Sam Raimi or Doctor Strange as much, it would exceed their expectations. I think we should do a, a rating, 1 out of 10. Yeah, like, good you think that? Okay, we're doing it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I'd say 8. Eight's an easy answer. It's definitely... Is it like as a movie or like a Marvel movie? Both. Either. I'm just saying for what it is, just yeah. very holistically, I'd give it an 8. As a yeah, movie, agree. it's probably objectively not an 8, but... Yeah, no, I agree. Definitely. I don't want to think that hard about it right now, to be honest. I'd say as a Marvel movie, 8. As a normal movie, 6 to 6.5. I think that's fair. Because um, I, as much as I did really like it, there were a lot of pieces that just felt like, ah, oh, Marvel movie. Like, yeah, it's cool, but like, do I like another like more well written movie? You know, something that's like more more well written, like its own story, like thing better. Yeah, I do. But I, not to say I didn't enjoy this movie. I I did also want to say. Um... If you maybe, you know, leave this in here somewhere in a bill, maybe not because people might not give a fuck, but the werewolf thing that Disney Plus is doing True. feels like uh, maybe they actually did take reception of this being positive and, you know, use that as like, okay, we're going to test it out more because that looks sick as fuck. They used a lot of those like quote unquote cheesy classic like horror camera techniques in a cool way. It seems very dark, like visceral, even though they're not showing yeah. blood because it's black and white. It looked pretty fucking violent. And the overall vibe I got was similar to parts of this movie where it was like, like just classic, like horror type vibe in a very good way. Yeah. And that one seems even more like horror, like actually appealing for horror reasons, you know? Yeah. Like, it just seems like they're like leaning into it a little more. Yeah, no, I'd recommend if anyone liked this movie, or otherwise, just check out that trailer for uh, Werewolf by Night. Seems like it's going to be really interesting. It's coming out next month. That's hype. So, I'll actually yeah. watch that for sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, um, I guess, yeah, go ahead. Like, I, I guess we can wrap up the podcast. Well, I, I mean, just... I'm down for whatever, I just thought we're out of things, but if we want to keep was going. There, was there not a another attempt at a horror superhero movie, X-Men with Fox. Oh. 
I saw, um, yeah, the, 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 where it was all the kids in jail. Like, all the fucking, kids. What was it called? Whatever happened with that? Did it ever come out? It did come out eventually. Dude, that thing was supposed to come out in, like, 2018. Yeah, I remember seeing the first trailer. It kept getting it. delayed. And then it was like... It kept getting delayed, and then COVID happened. And then Disney bought Fox. And then I think they debuted it on Hulu. Is during the pandemic. No, it's a movie. Is that any good? I don't think it got good reviews. Um, it, it the trailers re- looked awesome. The original one did, I think. But, yeah, no. That's the other one. It's got a 35% Rotten Tomatoes. Shit. It also has a uh, what's her name from the Queen's Gambit? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the Queen actually died. I don't know if you guys know about that. Yeah. Uh, well, what was Phil Maddox's official statement on the matter? Oh, Anya Anya Taylor Joy, who was in the the new Edgar Wright movie too. Anyway, whatever. She's in that movie. Oh, she the was... she the main lead for that movie? Yeah. That was really good. Uh, what? This night in Soho, one more night, another night in Soho. Yeah, yeah. Last night, yeah, that was really good. I like that movie. I need to watch that. Seems awesome. Well, what I was gonna say? Yeah, what were you gonna say? Is this really in effect than the first horror esque superhero movie we've had in recent? Well, it's not a movie, is it? The werewolf thing? No, no, no. I mean Doctor Strange. Oh. Well, I mean Blade. Well, I mean like I mean like in like the like. MCU? I guess Blade does count. I was thinking more like the the later era of Fox X Men stuff, and then you know MCU stuff, obviously. Also, like, I, I, yeah, I guess te- technically, yeah. I feel like, and like, correct me wrong, but I feel like Ed Norton Thor, or sorry, Ed Norton Hulk had like some decent horror, like monster movie esque like tone. Kinda. To it. I definitely don't think I'd call it a horror. What we're I mean, trying that, to, what we're talking about. That's fair. No, that's fair. I think there's. I feel like there's a movie I'm forgetting in the MCU that took think a so. darker tone. I really don't think so. Um, no, I think you're right. I think I'm just having a false memory that I'm associating with something else. Yeah, no, I don't think so. According to Screen Rant, the number one darkest Marvel movie is Avengers Infinity War. So That's hilarious. Um, it's pretty funny. Something we didn't talk about, possibly for the better, because Connor and I wanted to do a separate episode on this, and Darren, you're welcome to join. But, like, the Guardians movies, I think, are... Not to go back, but, like, I think are good examples of things that stand out yeah. from this whole series of Marvel stuff. For so, I mean, that was, was Guardians 1 Phase 2? Dude, I don't remember the phases, but... It had to because it wasn't phase one. Phase one was Avengers. Yeah, it was phase. I don't know. It wasn't phase three. Yeah, it was. It was phase two. Phase two, and then two was phase three. Yes. Um, and the second, the third movie is coming out in May. That's so part pretty, of phase five. Yeah, I guess I'm pretty excited. I'm really excited for that one. It's supposed to be like, we were talking about that a while back. It's supposed to be really good, right? Like it's looking promising. Yeah, it's looking promising. They showed a trailer at fucking like Comic Con. They haven't released it like for the public, but apparently it got really good reception. So it's supposed to get more background on Rocket. Yeah. Very cool. <sighs> Damn. Well, I guess I guess we can wrap up. I don't know. Is there anything we missed? I'm I'm content um, with the discussion we had. Yes. Yeah, well. True. Uh one little thing I wrote down actually 
Uh, it's kind of like a comic book nitpick, but one thing they did in this movie is they decentralized this universe from the comics universe. So, uh, for those who don't know, the uh, comics universe uh, is what originally set the the stage for like different numbered universes. Um, so, like depending on the comic. Like, let me see. I don't remember exactly the number. Um, so, okay. Basically, Earth 616 is supposed to be the main continuity of the comics. So, you know, like Amazing Spider-Man, like all the first appearances of the original superheroes in the comics, the main thing is 616. And uh, the Marvel, the MCU universe number, up until this movie, they even said it was like Earth 19999999 or something, right? Implying that in the in the multiverse of Marvel properties, the comics universe and the cinematic universe both coexisted until this movie where they gave, they called this movie the 616 universe, like our, the MCU universe, which means that it's now, the movies are a separate multiverse in the comics, so they don't coexist, uh, which is a kind of like a nerdy, like little nitpick, but I thought it, that's interesting. I thought you were going to make it like maybe I don't know. It's just a concept I have that makes it way more fucking confusing and pointless. However, I was just considering what if every alternate universe assigns different numbers to other Holy universe? Shit. Or, you know what I mean? That's actually a good point. Because and also, like, like, you're saying up until this point it was referred to as like one nine 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 nine. That wasn't a multiverse thing. That was Earth, though, right? Well, that's what it. The same thing, different basically. Versions of Earth and different universes. Yeah. Oh, so we're yeah. talking about different universes still. Yeah, the, well, the universe is the number. Yeah. Here's my question, Bill. Where did that one nine 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 come from? I think Marvel it came from a movie. It came from like a Marvel like book that they released, like with the movie. I think. Um, if I, I'll, I'm looking to confirm, but. I know a lot of media tie-ins just kind of fuck over the book's canon. Yeah. I'd be surprised if that's what I was uh, happening. I don't know. I'm trying to just find a source. The universe's official designation was revealed in the hardcover of the official Handbook of Marvel, A to Z, Volume 5, uh, which was released in 2008. So... Yeah, I guess they just did that without, like, thinking about the... I doubt in 2008 they even thought they'd get this fucking far, so... Yeah. I think it's just interesting. They they could have just been, like, in the movie, been like, you're on Earth, 3,400... You know what I mean? They could have just given it any number, but specifically giving it 616, in my opinion. It feels like they're just fucking pandering, like, reference. I guess, get it, yeah. guys? I guess, yeah, that's probably a good point. That's probably likely what it is, but, like, because me reading... They- you know, it might it might piss off like people that would actually get the reference. Maybe that's what you're thinking. But there's a subgroup of people who are like don't care about comics and exist on like YouTube and Twitter who'd be like, "Oh, I, I heard like six one six is like the universe in the comics," and they just wouldn't think about the implications. I feel like yeah, because the implication is that now this is a separate multiverse, which is like breaking from anything that Marvel has done in the history of Marvel, which is like the underlying like. Whether you view it as like a joke or like a fucking like comedic sort of or like cheeky sort of thing, like is that everything exists in the multiverse of Marvel? You know what I mean? The comics exist, the books, the video games, like everything has its own universe. Like 
So I don't know, whatever. This probably sounds stupid to the normal person, but just something I noted. But uh, yeah, anyway, I guess we're done. A <laughs> uh, little sidebar there. So uh, this is a section of the podcast where we plug things. Connor, we already just go ahead. We we know which. My uh, my second album released uh, August twenty seventh on all streaming platforms: YouTube Music, Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, Amazon Music, wherever you stream or don't stream music. Deezer. It's there. SoundCloud is one of those as well. Um, working on some more related things. A medley for the album. Hopefully, some music videos coming up. But yeah, check that out. Give it a stream at www.brnout15.com. That'll be your link to everything burnout related. Got some stickers that are going to be on sale, probably starting tomorrow. So that's also pretty exciting. Now, is there any message you want to give to any like corporate entities that may be like impacting your music? Because I know you had some trouble like clearing some some samples. Uh, yeah. So I might get I might get a little bit of, of grief for this one. I might get a little bit of pushback. Uh, I'll have to talk to my lawyers after this episode. But fuck Merlin from Brockhampton. Yeah, I was just gonna say no. Fuck M E R L I N the the entity the business entity group that buys the rights to small instrumentals. Fucking King Arthur be like fuck Merlin. Fuck you for screwing with indie musicians and making shit harder than it has to be just to get a buck off of us. Right, because didn't they like? Didn't they like make a bunch of like generic type beats and like? They bought. They bought the copy. They bought a bunch of. Oh, so they didn't even make it. They just. They just bought the beats so they could. They just buy them up and put copyright claims on people for the free beats. Just rip them off. Yeah. Well. Damn. Screwing over artists that are making beats, trying to sell them. They're getting. Getting their rights as cheap as possible and screwing over other people that are trying to use those three beats, which is the intention of the original artist. So, yeah, some bullshit, and I don't approve. That gets the burnout thumbs down of disapproval. If there was one sound effect you had to give to them, what would it be? I wouldn't even give them the honor of the Womp Womp. Oh, uh, good thing, because I was about to play it, so. <laughs> I wouldn't even give it to them. They're worse. They're worse. What could be worse than a womp womp? I don't know. That yep, that no, that's accurate. I don't think it's worse, but that is that is more accurate. True. All right. Uh, Darian, is there anything you want to mention? I was gonna shout out Connor's music, just second it for him. But also, uh, if you want to go to my TikTok, uh, (laughs) I don't even know what my at is. So uh, your at is long. Your at is like like trash. I, I don't actually care about promoting my TikTok because I'd rather have people that don't know me be my fan base because I uh, am not my real self on TikTok and I'm just pandering to a crowd. Or maybe you're your real self on TikTok. Yeah, at Yum uh, Yum, I like Yum Yum Trash. If you lose all self-respect, are you really becoming a worse version of yourself or are you becoming a more honest version of yourself? That's what I will leave you with. Think about it. <laughs> all right come back we can also we could just plug free ride one right true we could we can plug one fernando At free ride one on tiktok just, yep free ride one one word he's Very got a great tiktok up, up now TikToker. about the partying it's a good party tiktok uh yeah so 
I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Um, I don't really know what else to say. I guess we'll we'll see you next time on Filmatic. See uh, you later, Filmatic. We'll love a dub dub. Thank you, Rick. Don't forget to catch the Rick and Morty season five episode six five season six, new season, new season episode episode two out now on Adult Swim, available on AdultSwim.com. Signing with your TV provider and uh, HBO Max the day after it comes out. Oh really? Yep. Oh, that makes it a lot easier for me. Okay, I did not know that. Yep. I found that out last week. Oh, nice. Okay. So and uh, also goodbye, the Terminator. Goodbye. I was sent back in time to record an episode of Filmatic with Kana. Yep. See you later, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining. Thanks for joining for me. Oh, Alex Jones. Nice. Goodbye. Filmatic is the number one podcast, but the socialists did not want so. you to know. Partially Wait, what, did, what did what did Alex Jones say that the podcast was doing to the Nogs? No, sorry, Robo. Filmatic is turning the Nogs gay. Ah, yeah, that seems accurate. Whatever that means, I as don't know the, what that as means. As the first victim, I must say. Well, allegedly the first victim. All right, all right, <laughs> all right, okay. all right. As Matt Pat would put it. All right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I guess we'll see you next time. You've been listening to. Who's gonna go first? Connor, Darren, and and Nabil. See you later.